Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I'm Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, we have our other five live shows throughout the week. So you have a, to miss them, you can go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes. You're ready on those podcast platforms. W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor. And follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on a project, fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza in all topics, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something silly, I'm giving Lakina full bolt to give you silly fools to barely be a boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> but before we begin... We must remind you that Sports Zone Chicago You Catch is now available on Roku TV. That's right. Sports Zone Chicago is available on Roku TV. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on the sports folder and download Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. We know you have a few handheld devices laying around like your iPad, iTouch, iPhone, Chromebook like I'm using right now, and your personal PC, your laptop, just go to the uh, to the app store and download the Roku TV app that way, and then go and search for Sports Zone Chicago. So once again, celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and 365 days a year. 
All right, so we got a busy, busy, busy show ahead, but let's talk some Bears, shall we? <laughs> yes, the Chicago Bears fall to two and three after losing to the Minnesota Vikings 29 to 22 at the U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota yesterday. The Bears trailed 21 to 10 at halftime, made a, a comeback in the second half, actually took the lead by one, but the Minnesota Vikings showed what they made of. It may be one of NFL's most surprising teams this season as Kirk Cousins and company held up the Monsters of the Midway by a score of 29-22. to 22. It was a tale of two halves. The Chicago Bears, after scoring three points at the opening drive, didn't show up in that first half. The defense was terrible. The offense went AWOL again. But in the second half, it all started to turn around. The defense started to pick up just a bit. Justin Fields looked like a, a comparable quarterback. And the special teams started to show up. Thank you, Cairo Santos. But as we said all year long, we must remind you folks that this is a team in transition. This is a team and hopefully in growth, trending on the way up. We'll see about that at the end of the season. But, Lakina, remember our records that we predicted before the end of the season? These are one of those games that the Bears have to learn their lesson from. And yesterday was one of those games. Now, hopefully, the arrow continues to point up. These are the games that you think that the Bears can hopefully win at the end of the season. But yesterday, it was a hard-felt lesson to, to learn. I hope they could take it to heart, especially going into the next game coming up in a couple of days against the Washington Commanders on the lakefront. Yeah, let's play some of these clips from uh, from our friends over at Fox Sports. The game was on Fox yesterday. Adam Amish, Chicago's very own. He also does the Bulls, of course. Three-time mm -hmm. Super Bowl champ, O-lineman uh, Mark Schlerup had the call. And uh, here are a couple of clips. Fields looking, firing to Cole Komet, his release. So he'll get inside the 40 to the 37. So from here, it'd be about 55. Biggest play of the game so far. Fields gets the first down, lunging to the 30-yard line. This from 43 for Santos. Oh, nearly got to it, did the Vikings, but it is a third straight score for the Bears. 16 unanswered points. Really nice leverage play. Those highlights were courtesy. Leverage play by Gordon. Late blitz coming. Cousins calmly gets rid of it, and it's Irv Smith tackled before he gets to the sticks, and it's Kyler Gordon on the other side of the field. Play action fake. Roll, and Bill Gore is there! His first career interception! And the first big mistake by Kirk Cousins today. Remain in front. Fields, quick throw against the Blitz, and it's Cole Komet for the first down. And after trailing by 18 points, the Bears have taken a one-point lead. Those highlights were courtesy of Fox TV. Adam and me and, and Mark Schlever on the call there from the NFL on Fox. Lakina, as I said before, the Bears, they looking into it. They should have won this game yesterday if it wasn't for a couple of bad, bad plays. We'll dissect them in just a moment. But it was a tale of two halves. Uh, this is a young Bears team. Hopefully they can learn from their mistakes. Justin Fields played much better in that second half. He was their running game yesterday, which I thought that the Overall, the Bears' uh, running game would have improved. They did a little bit, but not too much. It was nice to see David Montgomery back. He scored his first touchdown of the year yesterday. But this team still has a lot to learn. And what did we talk about on Friday, Lakina? 
The Bears must pressure Kirk Cousins. And that clip you just played there, they did uh, force an interception on, on him. But how many sacks did that Bears defense have yesterday? Just one. That makes it three sacks in the last three games, and that is inexcusable, even though this is a young squad. It's one of those things where I think the Bears need to remember that there are four quarters, not just two. And this, thing, this yeah, yeah, they could have won this game, but this game could have easily been a been a blowout. The Vikings took mm-hmm. their took their uh, foot off the gas. I think and once they had you know boom, 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 Cousins well like seventeen for seventeen, which breaks which breaks a long time for the franchise record has been around for like almost forty years. They Tommy Kramer did it way back in the early eighties. Look, I mean, for me, look, it was great to see David Montgomery back. You know, he had a little couple of you know big mm-hmm. runs and such, and you know even you know had a couple of uh, catches in one on four. In fact. I mean, but there, there were a lot of fumbles still. And yeah, Amir Smith, um, Marsets, I mean, he's actually the former Viking. He was trying to be the hero, had a dumb penalty, which extended one of the drives, you know, those last drives for the Vikings. And also, too, of course, uh, had an intercession of, of Cameron Danzler, had that, uh, he just ripped the ball out of his hands. You know, he should have went out of bounds. But at the same time, though, I mean, who's to say that he would have been tackled inbound? So I know people want to kind of make that whole distinction here. But look, this team isn't good enough. I mean, I think the Vikings, I think the Vikings, I've said, you know, I wanted to say this because, you know, I wanted to sort of say it here. But, yeah, I think the Vikings kind of let them back in. Like I said, I think they took the fall off the gas. Mm -hmm. I think they real, I think they kind of woke up, you know, once the Bears got that lead and realized, okay, let's get it going here. And that's what they did. Because we were able to march down the field, thanks to, you Mm -hmm. know, of course, Justin Jefferson, who had, uh, if you guys have him in your fantasy team, you know, you you had a pretty nice showing yesterday, Dalvin Cook, who we've had him on his fantasy team. I do. Yeah, we had a couple of touchdowns that kind of <laughs> helped propel that. And uh, and look, I think for me, I mean, yeah, yeah, you bear, they bear a little bit of strides, but yeah, but also this just shows you they still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, they still have a lot of work to do. Hopefully, this um, growing process, as the, if they continue throughout the season, they'll get to learn their lessons and learn their lessons well. Take a look at some of the numbers from the Bears. Justin Fields, 15 of 21, 208 yards passing in all. His quarterback rating was 118.8. He was sacked twice. He did throw a touchdown pass. He did run for a touchdown, but it was called back due to a penalty. So that touchdown run was wiped off the board. As far as rushing, David Montgomery in his return, 12 carries for 20 yards in the score. Justin Fields, eight carries for 47 yards. Khalil Harbert, four carries for 11 yards. In the receiving department, David Montgomery led the team in catches with four for 62 yards. His longest catch was for 30 yards, the 30-yard catch early in the game. Darnell Mooney. He had a tremendous catch uh, after the two-minute warning in late in that first half. He had two catches overall for 52 yards. Cole Komet, as we talked about on Friday, Lakini, he needed to have a big game. He caught all four of his targets for 45 yards. His longest was 23. Mm-hmm. And as far as the defense is concerned, as we said before, one turnover in one sack. You had to be better than that. Even though this is a young defense, they had to produce better than that to help out their offense. And now I'm as Facebook user Chinese so says Bears need to learn what a blitz is and how to pressure QBs. And yeah, that's true. I mean, they only sacked mm-hmm. your cousins once yesterday. So yeah, definitely. Uh, but but also look at look, it was great, you know, Benmar, you know, getting that, you know, that that interception, of course. You know, we know Kirk Cousins do for always do the you know, throw one, mm-hmm. especially against the Bears. I mean, look, it's sort of one of those things where, yeah, yeah, they show some flashes. Yes, feels look good. But let's remember, let's remember though, that defense too for the Vikings, yeah, that's not the same defense from previous years. So yeah, mm-hmm. of course he's going to get a little bit of, of a you know a little bit you know numbers are going to be a little bit better. You know, Kyler Gordon made some of your top plays. You know, you know, even though yeah, Jeff Jefferson just Jefferson actually made a fool out of him. You know, a couple of times there were once he settled <laughs> down, he, he did, he did. But you know, once he settled down, yeah, he did make some you know some pressure and such. You know, and, and he like he showed some flashes, but but again, I mean, it just shows you that this team is not 
this is this team isn't very good. And I think the Vikings, yeah, you could probably say it is a surprise they're four and one, but is it really? I mean, a lot of people thought that they would be a little bit rusty coming out of the gate, especially playing in London, but that turns out not to mm-hmm. be the case. So, you know, you know, it, it, and you know, once we go, because I want to move on and get some of these games before we go to break, but uh I mean, the Bears are, you know, to channel one of the Vikings former coaches like Danny Green, they are who you thought they were. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I heard uh, Eric Kramer's comments saying that, you know, that maybe, you know, Fields, maybe he's going to go to one of his, he's going to be starting a passing academy, sort of like what the Mannings do and, you know, out in California where he lives at. And maybe, you know, maybe he needs to come in and sort of, you know, improve and such. But that might be something easy to take him, take him up on. Again, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how he does the rest of the season. But I, I feel like, I, I still the jury's still out on Justin Fields. Yes, the jury is still out on Justin Fields. Like like I said, he had a better second half than he did the first half. You have to give him credit credit along with offensive coordinator Lou Getze uh, for uh, recognizing some of the adjustments that that they did make at halftime. So you had to give also give head coach Matt Eberflus credit for that because it's something that Matt Nagy and other previous recent former head coaches didn't do, make halftime adjustments. So you give the coaching staff along with Fields credit for making some of those adjustments. And also, too, like you said, Minnesota just took their foot out of the gas, and that's human nature. And, that, and the Bears did what they had to do to uh, get back in the game. On the flip side for the Minnesota offense, Kirk Cousins, outside that one turnover, he did what we have to do. As we talked about on our last show last Friday, the Bears had to continually put pressure on him, and that didn't happen. That's why Kirk Cousins has, has those stellar numbers from yesterday. Also, to Delvin Cook, he had 94 total yards as far as rushing concerned. The way he ran in that first half, especially late in that game, you thought he would ran for 194 yards, but that's a, a tribute to the Minnesota offense, line in the talent that Delvin Dalvin Cook has, and also too, we known this so far this year outside opening weekend that this Bears run defense is terrible. So, give the Minnesota Vikings credit. If the if this if it wasn't for the Bears, if this was a team like the Cowboys or last year's Rams or this year's Eagles, Minnesota would have lost that game. But given the nature of the opponent, they held on to win yesterday. Well, the fact that they wouldn't have to need to have halftime adjustments had they be good from the beginning. I'm talking about the Bears, so that's another thing to kind of keep in mind. I mean, like I said, there are four quarters, not two. You're not going to be able to get away with this against, you know, top-tier teams. You will have already been blown out of the water, and that's sort of like the thing here. Listen to the second season, Sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown here. Talking some NFL. We're going to go to the NFL side for a second before we go to break. Uh, we could probably only do one game, and that's, you know, staying in the NFC North, you know, we're going across the pond in London, you know, the second, get, second game of this uh, London series. Uh, the Giants, uh, some would say it upsets. I think we both we all had the Packers win this game 27 22. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, uh, threw for 217 yards. Aaron Rodgers that you threw for two touchdowns, but it was just that they couldn't get things going and the defense, um, just you know, couldn't get this. I know Jer- Jerry Alexander, you know, was hurt, so but even still, mm-hmm. the Packers should have been able to play, you know, pull this game off. And I think so, the time management and such. Um, you know, Jones took a safety, you know, that actually still gave the Packers an opportunity to try to still win that game, but we didn't get a chance to see them in those uh Aaron Rodgers Hill Mary. So a yeah. lot of drops, a lot of drops, a lot of you know, miss the opportunities, a lot of missed tackles on the the on the uh, the Packers defense. So uh what the heck happened here? Yeah, I only caught uh, part of the second half live. Where was the running game for the Packers? Like you said, they were up big. Uh, the defense didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about another team that let the foot off the pedal. And this was the Green yep. Bay Packers. Uh, are the Giants becoming that surprise team in the NFL so far for the first quarter of the season? Uh, they are. Uh, they took advantage, like you said, uh, of the miscues from the Packers. And Daniel Jones, he didn't have to do too much. And Saquon Barkley 
uh, didn't have to do too much yesterday either, but the Giants took advantage and they came out with a 27-22 victory. As you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, 222 yards passing, two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley for the Giants, 13 carries, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Randall Cobb was the only person that did anything for that Packers mm-hmm. offense with seven catches and 99 yards. It was a total team collapse by the Green Bay Packers in that fourth quarter. And that, that, that's all you can say about it. The, the Giants. Are they really good as, as people think they are? I doubt it, but right now they're taking advantage. Yeah, and the, the run game, too. I mean, I think I think Aaron Jones only had the ball, I think, like four times in the second half, and the agent, agent only had it twice. So where was the running game? I mean, it really couldn't they couldn't stop him earlier, so I don't know why they didn't. They abandoned the run game in the second half. That could have, you know, blessed the game wide open. But, you know, it's sort of – this should be good. To, this could be one of those glosses that come back to bite the, uh, the Packers in the butt, so – We'll see what happens there. I mean, are the Giants for real? I don't think so. But, again, they're taking advantage of the, the mistakes and the miscues. So, we'll see what happens there. Now, we got to take a really quick break. We're up against it. So, we're going to talk about the rest of the week five, uh, week five slate. Uh, upsets, uh, miscues, and head scratchers. I think that's kind of the theme here <laughs> with some of these games uh, last you know last night and yesterday. So, uh, we'll talk all about well, about all that also does and does and a whole lot more. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports, on Sports Zone Chicago. More NFL talk right after this. my lane no not at all are you not paying attention are you texting I was just checking in with my mom I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six it's okay there's enough time just pay attention I'm not even halfway through my text there's no way I'm not even going to look up my babies are in the car you have to pay attention it's just supposed to be a quick text I'm so sorry Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow Kina McGee on the Twitter and Akina's McGee on the IG. Yeah, if you have any questions or comments uh, with 90 minutes left of this extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. We can, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Let's get to you our review from yesterday's action from the National Football League's Week 5 slate. Let's go to Buffalo, New York, where the Bills dominated the Steelers by the score of 38-3. to Josh Allen, 20-31 of for 424 yards in four touchdowns. He also led the Bills in Russia with five carries for 42 yards. Gabriel Davis had three catches for 171 yards and two touchdowns. Mr. Davis's first touchdown, 98 yards, was the longest play from scrimmage in team history and also the longest play given up by Steelers defense since 1966. Lakina, there was a couple of skirmishes in yesterday's contest. Uh, the quarterback uh, from the Steelers, Mr. Kenny Pickett, uh, was hit and he retaliated retaliated also to you uh there was another uh, a, a scrimmage toward the end of the game as well it got ugly real fast pittsburgh did block a field goal early in the game so they stayed in it but uh, you could just tell that like, like you said this is a rebuilding year for the steelers and they just didn't have enough manpower to keep up with buffalo especially huh. playing in the cold outside yeah, even though it wasn't real real cold but no, buffalo is overall the better team yeah, you know, we stings, I guess, you know, Mike Tomlin pretty much said it afterwards uh, yesterday. Uh, he had, uh, you know, Josh Allen, I mean, he had 348 yards and four touchdowns at halftime. I think that's got to be like a, that's definitely a franchise record and, you know, for a QB. But yeah, it's interesting, though, because like you said, these two teams don't like each other. You know, the Bills, I'm sure, remember what happened last year in the opener. Steelers, mm-hmm. you know, beat, you know beat them you know upset them at home so it gets a little bit of get back a little bit of payback so i think that played a little bit of heart there and look they didn't really have to spend too much i know gabe davis you know that that i saw the replay of that 98 yard uh you know catch that he got mm-hmm. from uh allen and it was just massive so that was a little bit uh crazy there but uh, of course you know stefan Diggs, you know he he was no slouch you know had 102 res- uh, receiving yards and a touchdown so a nice you know good mm-hmm. uh, team win and i uh, kind of got a little bit of revenge and Look, I mean, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick, I mean, he could be a guy that could be moved by the trade deadline. So Cam Hayward, maybe Cam Hayward as well. So definitely the Steelers are definitely in rebuilding mode. Now, as for the Bills, they just keep keep checking along, you know, after oh, bouncing back. Have a, you know, had a couple of, had a great comeback win against the Ravens. We'll get to them in a second. But also do mm-hmm. have this uh, dominant performance against the Steelers yesterday. Yep, so the Steelers are now one in four on the season. The Bills are four and one on the year. To Cleveland we go, where the Cleveland Browns missed a potential game-winning field goal, going down to the Los Angeles Chargers, or we call them the San Diego Chargers off Los Angeles on this show, 30-28. to Jacoby Brissett for the Browns, 21-34 for 230 yards in the touchdown in a couple of picks. Also, Eckler ran the ball hard for the Chargers, 16 carries, 173 yards in the touchdown. Mike Williams was the man for L.A. in the receiving department, 10 catches, for 134 yards. Lakina, fourth and one, Brandon Staley, the head coach, went for it. I watched this live. I was like, what the hell are you doing? You punt the ball. You make Cleveland travel longer to get the game-winning score. Of course, Keenan Allen, uh, the wide receiver who's currently injured for the Chargers, tweeted it out on Twitter. What are you doing? And then he's, he followed up with another tweet after the game was over. Oh, thank goodness that the Browns missed that field goal. I'm just 
paraphrasing here. So you, you like uh, you like the aggression of, of the Chargers head coach, but sometimes if you do it at the wrong time, it'll come back to bite you in the butt. But the Chargers survived that miscue yesterday. Yeah, Brandon's yeah, Brandon's daily. You know, we you know he always likes to try to sort of like be a little bit tricky here and and such. So, but you know, luckily for him, you know, Cade York, he was over two in field goals, including that that uh, missed potential game winner. So the Chargers escaped from Cleveland uh, with the three and you know at three and two, then at three and two with a, a win there. And you look, know, you know, Herbert, you know, didn't do too much. You know, threw a touchdown, two hundred twenty eight yards. It was like I said, it was Austin Eckler who. Uh, was sort of the star of the 107-3 rushing yards of a touchdown. Joshua Kelly also had a, t- a rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, you know, missed opportunities. You know, had 134 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, wasted that game, uh, wasted that performance by him. You know, Brissett had a, a great scramble that, you know, that that kept the ball moving. But then he, had, he threw another reception. It's so like, oh, yeah, that's why he hasn't not been a consistent starter in the NFL. But he did was able to lead you know, the next series after that, you know, whatever world that the you know, Chargers were trying to do there came back and but unfortunately York missed a field goal so but you know look if you're the Chargers you you needed this win you know for tiebreaker tie purposes so you definitely escaped from Cleveland with a win there to Foxborough Massachusetts we go where the New England Patriots shut shut out the Detroit Lions 29 nothing Jared Goff of the Lions 19 and 35 229 yards in the, inter- in the interception Ramondre Stevenson ran the ball hard for the Patriots 25 carries to 161 Big ones, and Jacoby Myers stepped up uh, with seven catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Lakina, it was all about the miscues by the Detroit Lions, and mm-hmm. New England Patriots took advantage of it yesterday. And the, that young defense, was, uh, which I told you I was a big fan of in the preseason, they came around, and the Detroit Lions, they, they didn't know what hit them. The Lions were fun to watch. You know, they were very scrappy and new and yeah. such. You know, good times, good times. Those are those were nice weeks. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the heck happened with them yesterday. I know there were a lot of drops, you know, and you know, went through an interception and then everything else, you know, they just could get the ball rolling. Like I said, that defense kind of definitely stifled them. Also, two uh Stevenson's 161 yards kind of helped keep them off the field. So that Helped them either. Bailey Zappi starting to uh, kind of, you know, improve a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, none of us saw this. And it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, you know, you wonder, should Dan Campbell be uh, afraid for his job? We'll get to someone who's already lost his job in a minute. But uh, yeah, this is a very, yeah, that was a very surprising uh, score yesterday. But uh, hmm, that's just an interesting one there in Foxborough. Now going to Jacksonville. A little bit of an upset here, too. You got the Texans. Or, you know, shout out to our buddy Spiro Dears with CBS and Turner. He had the call of this game. Houston and Jacksonville, which actually was a pretty entertaining game for a little bit. But Davis Mills, you know, let the, um, let the Texans down, down the field. And Damian Pierce, uh, 99 yards and that one go-ahead touchdown. That was all uh, Texas needed. And this is their nice straight win against the Jags. So they've had – the Texans have had their numbers. So they get their first mm-hmm. win of the season, Houston does. Yeah, Jacksonville had a chance to go over 500 for the second time this year. They didn't uh, get a chance to do that. They were 2-3 two, two on the year. Lovey Smith, as you mentioned, get the, get the Texans' first win of the year. They're 1-3-1 and one on the year. I did watch some of these games live, too, yesterday, Lakina. It was entertaining for a bit, but as far as offense is concerned, if you was looking for that, uh, you know, 
this game was not for you, but I know this game was for you, Lakina, with that final score. But Trevor Lawrence, this all comes down to him. He made a couple of key interceptions late, in the, and that's what cost the Jacksonville Jaguars the ball game. Also, too, uh, their lack of running the football, uh, mm -hmm. they just didn't stick with it. Credit the Houston, Texas defensive line for uh, getting the job done, shutting down Jacksonville's running attack. And th that was another factor why the Houston, Texas won yesterday. The only person that showed up on the score sheet outside of Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars offensively, it was Marvin Jones, seven catches for 104 yards. But the Texans uh, do it with Damian Pierce, as you mentioned, in defense. Doesn't that remind you of a team around here? Yeah, the Chicago Bears. But the Texans uh, got it done yesterday using that form formula. Yeah, so uh, that was a very interesting uh, game there, to say the least. Another interesting one here. We go to New Orleans, and uh, this was a high score interfere. I don't think anybody expected this, but, you know, the, the Saints beat the Seahawks, you know, 39 you know, 32, Geno Smith, 268 yards and three touchdowns, but it ended up being a losing effort. They just couldn't, you know, and Kenny Walker, uh, the third, had 188 uh, rush yards, I should say, and a touchdown, but it was Taysom Hill, had rushed 112 yards for three touchdowns, also two threw for a touchdown, of course, along with Andy Dalton, who threw for 187 yards and a touchdown. You know, I mean, he joins, uh, I'm talking about Taysom Hill, he joins Arch, Archie Manning, who did it again? 1977 against the Bears as the only players in the Saints history with three rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown in the same game. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what happened there with the Seahawks. I know they lost one of their their top the defensive guys to an injury, so that might have played a part. Um, you know, DK Metcalf. You know, we really didn't know where he was. I mean, he had a touchdown, but could have done more. Tyler Lock had a couple of touchdown uh, catches too, but you know, mm -hmm. it just wasn't enough and. It, the defense, it was really the defense that kind of let the, the Seahawks down in this game. And also, too, the Seahawks lost running back Rashard Perry to a, a devastating mm -hmm. injury. Hopefully yeah. he's okay. He had to be carted off, off the field. He was replaced by uh, rookie running back Denard Walker out of Michigan State. So they're going to need him to step up as far as running the ball is concerned uh, going forward. But Tyler Lockett, uh, the, uh, another wide receiver that people forget about. He had five catches, 104 yards and two touchdowns. And Geno Smith, uh, he said after week one, uh, the, the haters are, are wrote him off. He said, I, I didn't write him back. Uh, he wrote him back with this performance yesterday, 16 to 25, 268 yards and three touchdowns. Trust me, he was not the reason why the Seahawks lost yesterday. Like you said, Lakina, it, it was the defense. I did check in on some, some of this game. It was nice to hear Matt Millen back on the mic mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Always good to see, you know, I'm glad he's doing well. I know he does some big mm -hmm. 10 games as well. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he looks good and, you know, he sounds good. So, and he said he feels good. So that's all you can ask for. Uh, going to New Jersey here, the Jets. Um, we all picked the Jets. Did we pick the Jets? I think we got to go, go back. Yeah, and I know I did. <laughs> I know I did too. I think, I think our girl, Christine Manica of KXRB did too as well. Uh, the Jets just dominated uh, the Dolphins, forty to seventeen. Zach Wilson, two hundred and ten yards, zero touchdowns. But you know it was Michael Carter who, you know, two touchdowns. You know, Brees Hall had you know let the let them rushing once again, ninety-seven yards and a touch and a rushing touchdown. I had him on my fantasy team yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was, it was a good showing by you and anybody else who had them. But yeah, the Jets, you know, Hall, you know. Set the, he set the uh, the Jets record for 197 yards, you know, scrimmage yards, I should say. So it's a totally different thing. But uh, you know, that's actually that that's actually snaps a 12 game divisional losing streak dating back to 2019. So it's actually just his Jets' first win in in division in AFC East since 2019. So a nice showing by them. 
Yeah, nice showing by the New York Jets, especially defensively. I had a chance to watch some of this game live yesterday. And that New York Jets defense is very underrated. Hopefully mm-hmm. that uh, we're starting to see the uh, turning of the corner from that unit. And you have head coach Robert Sala credit uh, for that because he was a defensive coordinator from San Francisco for many for many years before he took this job. But uh, the Jets offense, uh, they don't they don't jump at you out at you on the stat sheet, but they find a way to get the job done. You mentioned Brees Hall and Michael Cardessa, probably the best young one-two punch of uh, tan- running back tandems mm-hmm. in the league. They displayed that yesterday, but Zach Wilson didn't have to do too much. He only threw for 210 yards, but if you have a running game like that, uh, it takes some of the pressure off of you. And the Bears play the Jets, too, in about a month, so uh, mm-hmm. they, they might, you know, Hall and Carter might get some big numbers there. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, Teddy Bridgewater was not knocked out of the game for the Dolphins with a concussion. Skylar Thompson had to come in. 166 yards, but an interception. Raheem, Raheem Mostert had 113 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, but they just Dolphins just, just couldn't get it going, and that, that defense for the Jets mm-hmm. really, you know, slowed them down, especially after Bridgewater got hurt. Yeah, so the Dolphins had to start in the season three. You know, they have lost their last two games. Of course, the Jets have won their last two games, so both teams are now three and two. Let's go to Tampa Bay where the Buccaneers had a chance to get back on track. They did, holding off the Atlanta Falcons 21-15. The Falcons scored 15 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, but it was a controversial play where Grady Jarrett sacked Tom Brady. Everybody thought that Tom Brady's head was slammed against the turf or replay his shoulder was not. But regardless of the fact, Grady Jarrett was granted a 15-yard penalty. In a fir- it was a first down for the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers were, were able to run out the clock from there. Tom Brady, 351 yards passing in a touchdown. Marcus Mariota, seven carries for 61 yards mm-hmm. for the Falcons. And Leonard Fournette, 10 catches for 83 yards in a score. Yeah, it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, you wonder why that was even calm. Talk about what was Jarrett supposed to do there? I mean... You know, he didn't slam mm-hmm. him. I mean, and I know there were a couple of other calls that were called in too. And I think, I know some people want to say, oh, we are breaking all the calls. And that might be part of it. But I think it's because mm-hmm. of what happened with Tua a few weeks, a couple of weeks back. So they're being a little bit, they might, the referees crew might be a little bit doing a little bit too much with this. But, you know, kind of robbing the Falcons of a chance to perhaps maybe, you know, pull off the upset here. But you, you take the win if you're the Bucks, and, you know, on to the next one. I mean, Fournette, if you had him on your fantasy team, both had had a touchdown catch and a rushing touchdown. So mm-hmm. nice day for him. You know, looking, you know, looking better and better. Is that you know after you know showing up the training camp a little overweight, uh, he's starting to get back to uh, playing shape again. But uh, I mean, this is sort of one of those games. We'll see what happens. You know, they play in about a month. You know, in Atlanta, so I'm sure they're gonna get one little get back there. I'm talking about the Falcons, but uh, mm-hmm. not not the prettiest. But you'll take the win, I guess, for the Bucks. Yeah, the Buccaneers approved the three and two while the Falcons dropped to two and three. And the last of the early games, the Washington Commanders lose at the last second with the last minute interception thrown by Carson Wentz. They go down to the Tennessee Titans 21 to 17. Carson Wentz for the Commanders 25 or 38, 359 yards and two touchdown passes. Derrick Henry scored twice off 102 yards and 28 carries for the Titans. And for the Washington Commanders in the receiving department, uh, Dimey Brown. Had two catches, 105 yards. Both of them turned into scores. Yeah, the Commanders actually had a chance to win this game, but uh, Wentz mm-hmm. uh, threw the third interception to David Long Jr. So that you know put a kibosh there. Uh, I know we all love him here in Chicago. I'm talking about Ron Rivera, but mm-hmm. you know I think his his he might be looking for some job security here. He might be the next one to get a pink slip and a link card. 
you know, the Titans, I mean, they did just enough to win. I know uh, Tannehill, Tannehill was sacked five times, so I had mm-hmm. to work on that with the old line. But, you know, again, not the prettiest game, but you know, you'll take the win if you're, if you're Tennessee. You listen to Second City Sports on an all-new Monday edition. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Now reviewing week five's action from the National Football League. Let's continue by reviewing the late games from yesterday. It was the San Francisco 49ers traveling to the East Coast, dominating the Carolina Panthers 37 to 15. Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers, 18 to 32, 153 yards and two touchdowns. Jared Wilson for the 49ers ran the ball 17 times for 120 yards and a score. And for Carolina, the only standout performer was that damn computer screen shy smith four catches for 69 mm. yards lakina the minutes uh the, sorry the san francisco 49ers defense which I, I had for my fantasy team had a pick six yesterday which really set the tone for mm-hmm. the game and of course you mentioned afterwards uh now ex-head coach matt rule of the carolina panthers i got his pink slipping league card he was wrong the carolina panthers were were one in 12 one in 11 in their last 12 games under now, ex-head coach Matt Rule and his career coaching record in the NFL is a stellar eleven and twenty-seven. Yeah, and it gets but it gets forty million dollars too. So uh, hard yeah. to kind of <laughs> not a bad kinda, trade-off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I said, hard to kind of feel bad for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I watched a little bit of this game because it was the only game available here in Chicago. Unless you watched it, uh, yeah, it was available nationally because of the, the double. Well, at least here in Chicago anyway, because of the you know. Uh, Fox had a double header, but mm-hmm. you know, a costly win though for the uh, the 49ers. Emmanuel Mosley, who had that early uh, pick six, has a torn ACL. He's done for the year. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Ward broke his hand. Nick Bosa had a tight groin. He had to leave the game. And uh, Robbie Gold, you know, of course, you know, if you saw that tackle, that yeah, you know, and then one of those kickoff returns after the one of those scores, he had a knee knee contusion, so he had to. Uh, he had to, uh, you know, accept the rest of the game. So it was a, 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 a pretty a gutsy win, but a costly win, too, for the 49ers. So that might – the injuries might come back to bite him in the butt there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, a good win. I think Jeff Jeff Wilson, I think, you know, just, you know, probably one of the unsung heroes of this group, 120 yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown. Didn't really have to do too much. You no, know, Debo really didn't have to do too much. I mean, he kind of – other guys kind of picked up the slack. You know, Brandon Ayuk uh, led it, uh, the team, in, you know, in uh, receiving. Tevin Coleman had a, a, a touchdown catch. So, you know, overall, like I said, they lost a lot of guys, but it was actually a good win for the, the 49ers. Yeah, 49ers approved to 3-2 and two, while the Panthers dropped to 1-4. and four. To L.A. we go in America's Game of the Week. It was the Dallas Cowboys holding off the defending world champion Los Angeles Rams 22-10. Matthew Stafford from the Rams did not have a good day, but he had 100, uh, 308 yards passing, a touchdown pass, and a sack and a loss fumble early. Tony Pollard ran the ball hard for the Cowboys eight, eight times for 86 yards in the score. Cooper Cup, my guy for my fantasy team, had seven catches, 125 yards in the early touchdown. Just couldn't get it going offensively for the Rams. You know, uh, Stafford mm-hmm. was sacked five times. That old line is just terrible. Yep. Um, we said that on Friday. Yeah, I mean, the, the Cooper Cup, you know, did his thing, but they couldn't really do too much or anything else. I mean, Cooper Rush, again, not making any mistakes. Not, not too flashy, but, you know, he really didn't have to do too much. Um, you know, Tony Pollard, there's a name I'm sure a lot of people forget, you know, had a, a rushing touchdown, you know, turnovers were the key and look, they did just enough to win. I'm talking about the Cowboys, uh, mm-hmm. Brett Mayer, uh, was three for three. So in field goals. So, you know, that, that whole thing was interesting there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, 
sort of say thing with the with the with the, the, the Giants. Are the Cowboys for real? I know a lot of you know Dallas people will probably say yes, but you know I, I feel like they're kind of be an opportunity to take advantage of the injuries of the injuries. So mm-hmm. you know we'll see if Dak comes back next uh, this Sunday. We'll wait and see. Well, this Sunday night, I should say. But uh, yeah, a, ni- a nice one for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are four and one, while the Rams dropped to two and three. To Phoenix, Glendale, Arizona, we go, where the Arizona Cardinals miss a potential game tying field goal as the Philadelphia Eagles improve to five five and zero, holding on to a twenty seventeen win over the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, your guy, Lakina, two hundred fifty yards and a touchdown. Jalen Hurts for Philadelphia, fifteen carries, sixty one yards and two rushing touchdowns. My guy from the tight end department, Dallas uh, Goddard for Philadelphia, eight catches and ninety five yards. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, uh, Murray slid just short of the first down marker. Uh, <laughs> had to get up, spike the ball, not knowing that he didn't get the first down. I don't know why. If, I don't know if he didn't know that or I don't know what happened there. But, uh, you know, setting up a, a field goal and such. And, you know, Matt Amendola, you know, missed the game winner. I mean, that that was just a just another missed opportunity there by the by the Cardinals. I mean, Did you see the clip clips of him before the game? He missed from yeah, that spot three it, times. Yes. Three, yes, times. three times, three <laughs> times he missed from there. So, uh, kick a tryouts maybe coming up in uh in Arizona. You would tomorrow. think, we'll yeah. You would think. I think. I think there should be. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. But uh, yeah, just uh, but you know what? I mean, Hurts, you know, did his thing more on the, with his feet and on with his arm. You know, had two rushing mm-hmm. touchdowns. But look, I think you know, again, Philadelphia did just enough to uh, win the game. And hey, look, I mean, in the NFC East. They have at least three, four, three teams with at least four wins. I should say you got the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants. Since the NFL went to the eighth division format in 02, there have been three other instances of that happening. Of course, you know, a couple of years ago, the AFC North, we all saw over there, the 08 mm-hmm. NFC East, and the 02 uh, AFC West. So uh, the NFC East looking pretty good, at least so far. We'll see what happens. Give me another month. We'll see what happens. And <laughs> the Sunday night football action saw the Ravens and Justin Tucker kick a game-winning field goal, uh, beating the Cincinnati Bengals, their division rivals, 1917. Joe Burrow, the quarterback for my fantasy football team, he was 24-35, 217 yards and a touchdown. Joe Mixon for Cincinnati, 14 carries, 78 yards. But the big story was Martin Andrews, the, the tight end for mm-hmm. Baltimore, eight catches, 89 yards and a score. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he kind of kept things going there. And uh, look, it was sort of like if you saw, you know, the game uh, yesterday, uh, last night, I should say, uh, the Bengals had a chance to turn, like, you know, extend their lead. They uh, mm-hmm. Zach Taylor, I don't know what he was trying. To, I guess he thought it was Matt, Matt Nagy for a second. He tried to get cute for a couple of those plays. And <laughs> they gave the ball up on downs. Talk about the Bengals and uh, you know Lamar Jackson. You know, did his thing and uh, Justin Tucker, who I have on my fantasy team. Uh, four for four, including the game winner, uh, went right down the middle. You know, that's how you do it. So, you know, protect that man at all costs and such. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think if, if you're the Ravens, this is a definitely a good confidence boosting win after what happened the last couple of weeks. So you're mm-hmm. at three and two, you're, you know, you have the edge in the division right now and uh, you gotta be feeling pretty good. I know you lost one of your, uh, top corners, uh, Marcus Wheeler to an injury. I think he's going to be, uh, gone for a while. I'm talking about, about him mm-hmm. you know, i think he hurt his wrist so that's probably gonna you know kind of put it down them a little bit but uh you know again you'll, you'll take the win i know marcus Peters is in a better mood today yes he is <laughs> so baltimore improves their record at three and two while cincinnati the defending AFC champs dropped to two and three uh before we get to our quick monday night football preview your studs and does for week number five 
from yesterday. Taysom Hill, like I said, well, he'll probably go back to her like he usually does. He has one of these types of games every year. Has I had him on games. my bench on my fo- fantasy football yesterday, but thank goodness didn't come to bite me in the okay, butt. Okay, I'll, I'll say like, oh dear. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say if he, okay, okay. Well, well, that's good. Okay, so, you know, it was a great performance there as we talked about the Giants. Like I said, I don't know if the Giants are for real. But again, I think you know, so far so good that they're becoming opportunistic, and that's a good thing. So so far so good there. And uh, my guy Justin Tucker, four for four, got me sixty points on my fantasy team. Yay! Yay. <laughs> my three studs is Josh Allen from Buffalo, Austin Eckler from the Los Angeles Los Angeles Chargers, I should say, <laughs> and Ramondre Stevenson, the big running back Ooh. from New England. Uh, yeah. Twenty five carries, one hundred sixty one yards in New England's twenty nine nothing victory over Detroit. Nice, nice. Uh, well, I'll say like I'll have a bonus uh, stud real quick. Uh, I'll say my like I said my my bonus stud that uh, uh, San Francisco, even though they they lost their guys like Tevin Coleman, mm-hmm. um, you know Jeff Wilson Jr. I mean you know they were kind of like the guys sort of Star Wars there made Jimmy Jimmy G look good today. So give me my bonus studs uh, for them. Uh, duds. Uh, that Indy uh, Denver game just 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 a game in general was a dud. Uh, that was. <laughs> I just agree. a game in general. Just a game in general was a dead. No, yeah. no real reason. Reason there. Uh, the Cardinals with that weird. I don't know what happened there in that last sequence. I, I don't know why. You know, with uh, Kyler Siley prematurely and Amadola missing a field goal and such. Maybe he should go back to retiring. He's like thirty-five now. Maybe he should go back. You know, go to his kids in a, a Cliff Kingsbury as handsome he is. That the memes. You know, that they'll probably live on forever. <laughs> and uh, my last dud. Uh, hmm, Carolina. I mean. I don't know if people thought that it would be the playoffs, but I think they were probably a little bit more effort and such. So playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And now they've not only uh, fired uh, Matt rule, but I just saw there's a question where they've fired the defensive coordinator, Phil snow. So they're cleaning house over there <laughs> down there in Carolina. Yeah. Just a couple of duds for me. Number 44 for the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars. He had that stupid penalty. Uh, roughing the passer on Davis Mills. And actually, the original call was uh, against Houston, but he decided to go through with the process of using air quotes here and, and slam Davis Mills to the turf. And so he had a 15 yard penalty, which cost the Jaguars uh, on that drive eventually the game. Yeah, I know who you're talking yes. about. Yes. <laughs> yes, I saw that play. It's like, what are you doing, young man? Uh, and also, my other dud is Carson Wentz. Uh, he had a good yeah. game up until the last play of the game. And, and also, too, mm-hmm. a, a bonus dud. The uh-huh. referees from that Washington Tennessee game uh, at the Tennessee yeah, picked up the picked yeah. up the pass. Oh, uh, he yeah. was down by contest. They had to oh, oh, no, uh, that, that, th- get the players out there to finish the game. The game was already over. Oh yeah, oh, that, oh yeah, I saw that. I saw the uh, replay of that being a raw, raw crew. But yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. The whole scene was just you know everything kind of went on yeah. here after that interception. All right, so a uh, real quick. Uh, a little AFC West matchup here. You got the Raiders and the Chiefs. You know, sort of a quick synopsis, synopsis here, Sid. Uh, the Raiders, uh, can you feed Deontay, Devontae Adams the ball? And with one touchdown pass, Derek Carr will have 200 career touchdown passes mm-hmm. uh, as all member of the Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs, you got to give him the heavy dose of the ball tonight mm-hmm. if you have a chance. On the flip side for Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the, the, let's see if we can continue what he did last week down in Tampa Bay. And they got to use their running game as yeah. uh, as well. So it's going to come down to the running game for both teams, in my opinion, tonight. Yeah, I think if you're the Raiders, I think you'll give the ball to uh, Jacobs. We know that the Chiefs defense mm-hmm. is not that good when it comes to the run. So I would say you'll know, keep feeding him the rock and maybe can pull off the upset. 
for the Chiefs, I mean, just don't make any mistakes, I guess. I mean, yeah. if Mahomes, you know, they're a little bit, you know, banged up, and I don't think it's going to be a down net performance. I think that I think the Raiders will keep it close. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do pull off the upset. So no man in cast today. I don't, yeah, no man in cast uh, today. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, guys. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, they'll be, you know, they'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it should be a good one that uh, Joe and Troy uh, should be uh, calling tonight. Also to a really quick uh, dud, uh, the Rams and the Bengals, you know, they're both sitting at two and three. This is just the third time each of the, each of the teams, you know, to play in, la- in last year's Super Bowl had a losing record. The other instances, 99 uh, Denver and Atlanta, they both started one and four. The 88 uh, Washington Denver, they both they both also started two and three after, you know, after five games. So uh, gotta get together if you're the Rams and the Bengals. Yep. So that's our number one comes to a close. Our number two is straight ahead. We have Bulls preseason basketball to talk about. The the baseball division series field is set. We also had to review week six of college football, and we had to get to old school TV Monday. Hashtag learn your history. You'll know what, am I, what I mean when, when we get to it. All that and more coming up. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Our number two is next. So Second City Sports, the Monday edition, real live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say... No thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, <laughs> yeah, digging that music there. Welcome love it, back love to yep. Yeah. Welcome back to hour number two of the Monday edition of Second City Sports. Real live in the living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG SCK80. Once again, SCK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Oscar McGee on the IG. We got less than an hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And a daily reminder that Sports Zone Chicago you can now catch on Roku TV. All right, Lakina, let's kick off our number two of this fabulous program by discussing the Major League Baseball playoffs. The division series field is set. What took place over the weekend since we last left you on Friday, the Tampa uh-huh. Bay Rays were swept by the Cleveland Guardians, two games to none in that wild card series, while the Philadelphia Phillies took care of Alvin Pujols in his career by sweeping away the St. Louis Cardinals. So the Phillies will move on on the other American League wild card series, the Seattle Mariners, they take care of the Toronto Blue Jays in two games. And the series that had the most drama, the San Diego Padres take care of the New York Mets in, in their now disappointing into a great season. Two games to one by winning last night uh, in the in City Field. Six to nothing behind a great performance by Padres starting pitcher Joe Mus- Musgrove. Yeah, a little bit of air gate here, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess Book Showalter had issues with Musgraves. Uh, like, I guess he was like digging in his ear a lot. And, and I yeah, guess, his right ear is a little bit too shiny. <laughs> a little too shiny, I, I, I guess. But then you know, Andrew McCutcheon came in and said, "Hey, look, I mean, some pitchers actually do that. They do the kind of like the other thing with the ears and such." And I mm-hmm. love uh, his uh, Musgra- Musgraves comments afterwards. He said, "Hey, look, I mean, I've been doing this for years, so it's not like this is this is a new thing." So yeah. you know, he's been around a while, so I think he's been doing this uh, for a little mm-hmm. bit. But uh, just a very disappointing. Uh, series. I know Mets fans were very disappointed. I know you know they thought that they were going to go far, but you know San Diego said, "Hey, look, we're we're going to you know do your do our thing," and they become the first team to win a winner take all game via a shutout since they did it back in 2020 in the wild card series with the the Cardinals. So that 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 again that that kind of mm-hmm. that whole series is sort of like caught me off you know caught me off guard. I thought that maybe they were going to get back into. It. I'm talking about the Mets once they mm-hmm. once they you know, took game two, but. You know, uh, San Diego said, ah, ah, ah. so you know, just a, a really great showing by by Musgrave. You know, he had a, had a you know, had a great pitch perform. Musgrave, I should say, had a great pitch performance. And that's what exactly what he did. And the hitting, you know, Nola, uh, Soto, Machado got in on the act. So yeah, this is a great overall. Josh Bell too, two big yeah. home runs in that series. Yeah, you know, in that that first game. So uh, yeah, that that was a, a a very impressive. I don't think we did not pick the Padres. Sorry, so this is why this mm-hmm. why you don't. That's why you don't take it at our face value. But uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> the Padres. Yes, we're not perfect. We get some picks wrong too. It happens just like everybody else. But well, Lakeena, I want to ask you a question about Game Two of that mm-hmm. Padres Met series. Did you have a problem? Had a problem with with Buckshaw Walter using closer? Um, Edwin Diaz in the seventh inning, even yeah. though the game was almost in hand. 
I know you was trying to get him in some work. You could have saved him for at least the eighth inning, but did you have a problem with using Mr. Diaz in the seventh inning? I didn't yeah. think it made any sense to me. It was yeah, it was sort of weird, especially since you're you're, you're talking about maybe perhaps uh, a, a potential uh, game three, which of course that didn't really you know it didn't really matter because you're already you know, that's already been shut out by them. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was a little bit weird. But I guess you know they could, could wait till like the eighth. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, that was sort of definitely very strange there. But uh, like I said, I mean, a good performance by the Padres and the Mets. You know, they're kind of left wondering like what 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 happened, but. You know, it is what it is there. Uh, let's go to the AL for a second, Sid. Uh, Cleveland, uh, uh, when the two go 2-0, you know, winning their, their series against the Rays. And probably that, that Saturday game was very long and very uh, – <laughs> it wasn't even a good long game. I know Ramirez had a nice uh, double play that saved a run, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that saved the Rays from scoring, which could have, you know, could have ended it right there and such, and they could have forced the game three, but Oscar Oscar Gonzalez hit the homer, 13th uh, walk-off homer to clinch a postseason series. It's the first one for Cleveland, so a good mm-hmm. showing there. Uh, it was a great pitching uh, pitching performance. You know, Tristan McKenzie had a great pitching performance throwing six shutout, shutout innings in the, for, uh, the first game, so just a, a great performance all around by the Guardians. I don't think anybody saw this coming from them. They probably thought that, no, because uh, especially since no one saw them winning the division. Yeah, the, the, I think we all picked uh, Tampa Bay, Lakina, uh, mm-hmm. as you and I did anyway. In uh, Tampa Bay, they do have the roster to compete in the playoffs, but it's just that they don't have enough scoring punch, and that's what came and bite me in the butt. As we said about Cleveland, Lakina, especially in that second half of the season when they overtook the White Sox to win the AL Central, they have enough, enough hitting, timely hitting. They have the strong pitching. You'll get to see that with Trisha McKenzie now in the ALDS. We'll tell you who they're mm-hmm. going to face in just a moment. But they have him, you have Aaron Savali, and you have Shane Bieber, who had a great game one yes, on Friday. Did. So you'll get to see him probably in game three of their next series. So they ha- And their bullpen is, is solid as well. Emmanuel Classe, their closer, yep. he's lights yep. out too. So uh, Cleveland, uh, where we, where we are we surprised uh, in the moment? Yes, but when you take a look back, you shouldn't be surprised. No, you don't really shouldn't have been. Like I said, I mean, you know, that was a, a great uh, great game that uh, Beaver pitched. I know, uh, you know McKenzie in that second game was really good, too. Kind of like, mm-hmm. and like I said, you know, he's get, he got a couple of chances to Jose Ramirez. So that, that, that whole performance was just really good by uh, the Guardians. So don't be surprised they end up going to ALCS. So I'm just saying, but I'm not saying they will, but I wouldn't say don't be yeah. surprised. The series I wanted to go three, but Clinton, you know, but didn't. Darn it. Of course, the Mariners had to come out from a seven run deficit from 8 1. You're a Mariners, Lakina. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was, uh, yeah, that was uh, weird that they become the third team ever to come back from a seven run deficit in the postseason, joining the 08. Uh, ALCS game five. You guys remember uh, Red Sox trail the Rays seven zero before they came back eight eight to seven. And uh, you're going back to 1929 in the World Series mm-hmm. where the then Philadelphia Athletics. Yes, they were they were Philadelphia at that point. They didn't go mm-hmm. to uh, the Phillies didn't become to be until like about four years later. They trailed the Cubs eight uh, zero before winning at ten to eight. So the marriage and also Luis Castillo had a great uh, you know pitcher performance in game one. He became the sixth pitcher in MLB history in the, four, in the first since. Vincente Padilla in 09 to throw seven scoreless innings in his first playoff appearance after beginning the season with another team. So uh, that that trade uh, from Cincy uh, paid div- paid dividends for the Mariners. So, but if you're if you're Toronto, you're kind of kicking kick yourself because you, you you were right there to try to uh, try to um, you know, force a game three, but you couldn't do it. And that's just a resiliency by Scott Service and that Mariners uh, team. 
Yes, we said, Lakina, if Seattle got in the playoffs, there will be a tough out for somebody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they did what they had to do fundamentally-wise for – uh, uh, for um, against Toronto, Toronto, as we mentioned, Lakina, they they have all the offense in the world, but uh, come playoff time, it, it gets shut down by great pitching and great defense. Mm-hmm. Did you catch the end of the game when the Seattle won and they yes. did the old shuffling huddle thing? I love they, it. They, 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 they <laughs> I, I loved love it too. That. They painted the camera to the stands. It was one Seattle fan that was happy, and then it was this one goofy Toronto uh, <laughs> yeah. Blue Jays fan. They gave the turkey bird to the camera. They yeah, shut yeah, that thing off real that. quick. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah, he's always off like one like little minute, minute second. So they, they cut that off as soon as yep. the guy took the, gave the finger. But uh, yeah, but look, I mean, this is, look, I said, the Mariners team, look, the Blue Jays, they need more pitching. We all, yes. we've been saying it for like the last like two years. So hopefully mm-hmm. they can, they got some money now. Hopefully they can shore that up during the off season. But that Mariners team is really good. We know about Julio Rodriguez. We know about Castillo. We know about some of the other players. You know, Cal Raleigh, of course, you know, he was a, a big part of that comeback uh, mm-hmm. for the Mariners too yesterday. So, uh, I mean, on Saturday, I should say. So uh, yeah, that this was, look, they could get you. So, you know, Houston's going to have a very tough go at it. Again, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. But, yeah, Houston's gonna be, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. You know, Houston better not take them lightly. Yeah, Houston better not take them lightly either. I think it's going to be – like I said, we'll get into the preview in just a moment. But, yeah, like I said, Seattle, they're going to be a tough out. We, we, like we said the same thing about Cleveland about a month ago. So uh, it's going to be a, one heck of a, of a division series in the AL. And like I said, we'll get to those two series in just a moment. But to finish off in the NL wild card – the St. Louis Cardinals, they are packing their bags and going home for, for the offseason. Albert Pujols' career is over. The Philadelphia Phillies, in game one, they came back from 2 nothing to win 6-2. to two. They mm-hmm. shut out the Cardinals on last Saturday night, 2 nothing. Bryce Harper making his presses fell in the Phillies uniform, hitting his first home run in the Phillies uniform in the playoff game. Yeah, and just to go back to that Friday game, I watched a little bit of that uh, Friday game, and I was kind of like waiting to sort of like see what was going to happen. And, of course, uh, the Phillies, you know, made that great comeback, you know, coming back from uh, 3-0. And uh, some of the people at uh, Bush Stadium, they were leaving. They were already leaving. They hadn't even gotten to the six yet. They always scored like four, and then you know some of the folks were leaving. It wasn't like a, like a whole, like a section. It was like a, like little like dozens of people, I think maybe two or three dozen folks had already left. You know, yeah. if you go go back to ESPN 1000, uh, Mark Silver and uh, Tom Waddle, uh, of course, you know, Sylvie being the Cubs fan, Waddle being the Reds fan, of course, they lay into those <laughs> to those uh, Cardinals fans. <laughs> but uh, you can go back and uh, listen to that. But, yeah, just a, a great resilient uh, uh, effort by the Phillies. They got out a couple of jams there. You know, Bryce Harper led that uh, that that comeback. And, and such, you know, Soto had a lot to do with that, too. Schwarmer had, uh, you know, sort of led the way there at Asik Segura. Um, was sort of like a part of that uh, that comeback. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it, like I said. I mean, this the you know, Nola. It was a really you know had a great performance on Saturday. So to kind of help them, had six strikeouts, only gave up four hits, mm-hmm. got out a couple of jams. So uh, he was definitely uh, sort of like the unsung hero uh, on that team. So uh, yeah, they, they he was kind of one of the reasons why they were able to you know sort of you know get right there and pull off the big upset of for the Phillies. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Cardinals, you know, you went through all that just to win the division, but then you kind of went away with a, with a whimper. So sometimes that happens, yep. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, this is playoff baseball, and this is why we love it. Excuse me. Like, you know, uh, before we get to the schedule for the, tomorrow's games as mm-hmm. the um, division series to start for both the AL and the NL, I want to go back to Joe Musgrove's performance last night. Mm-hmm. I was watching MLB Central on MLB Network this morning. Mark DeRosa and former MLB pitcher, one-time White Sox player, Jake Peavy. Mr. Peavy, uh, of course, has spent the majority of his career with the Padres. He talked about the performance that uh, that 
Muscor have last night. He said the same approach that he had when he faced the Mets back on July 24th. He took that same approach and he made the slight adjustments last night, but he used more of his breaking ball than he did in his start back in July. Of course, last night, Musgrove uh, used his fastball to uh, get out mm -hmm. most of the Mets hitters, and the Mets hitters could not chase us out. I thought that was a good observation by PV. Of course, he's been there. He's uh, been there for a lot of years on that mound as a former pitcher, and just breaking down Musgrove's performance. Now, Musgrove's breaking ball in terms of speed got better as the game went on last night, but he didn't use it as much uh, during his start uh, in the same stadium back in July, but he was more aggressive as the game got on, went on last night. And as you mentioned, looking out, I saw that picture on social media too. His right ear was a little bit too greasy, like you said, but Charles Walter from the Mets side, uh, just trying to do any and everything he could to break his rhythm. It didn't work. Like I said, uh, Musgrove uh, stuck out his tongue and yelled that back at the Mets, dug out a couple of times. Nothing too major, but I thought it was a great observation that Jake Peavy uh, had this morning on MLB Central and on MLB Network. Yeah, that was a yeah, that was a great uh, a great breakdown by him. And uh, like did you said, see that, it? That's the, yeah, I saw it. And yeah, yeah, that look, I mean, he's okay. from experience. I'm talking about uh, Jake Peavy. Yeah, you know, he he did it a couple of times when he was with the Padres. So I mean, I think he knows. And the look, I said, I don't know if he had that stuff in his ear, whatever that was that Musgrove had. But <laughs> I have been. Like, I don't think it was Vaseline. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, but like I said, I, like I said, you know, Andrew McCutcheon, you know, said that hey, look, they've been doing it for years. I've seen guys do it, so it's no big mm -hmm. deal. So. It is what it is with that one. Going to the ALDS, you know, these games start tomorrow. I got a quadruple header here. We'll start with uh, all at least three of these matches are teams that are from the same division. So none of these, you know, these guys, this is going to be the first real with them, uh, the Phillies and Atlanta. The first game up uh, at 12.07, that's going to be on the big Fox network. It will be Regal Suarez against Max Freed. So I know uh, the Braves uh, won the season series, but, you know, they're going to give a little bit of a hard time in the Phillies. So if you're uh, the Braves, I think you know the Phillies pretty well. So this is going to be very mm -hmm. interesting. This is best of five. I think the Phillies will use that momentum from the Cardinals series to carry on to their uh, divisional series against their division rivals. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher than what people think. I won't be surprised if this series goes to full five. But I'm going ahead to pick the Atlanta Braves in four. Yeah, this is sort of one of those things where this could go either way. Because like I said, these two teams know each other so well. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if, if the Phillies can kind of take advantage of it right away, kind of pounce on the Braves right away in scoring, if Schwarber can do his thing with the bat and Bryce Harper can do his thing with the bat and the pitching can be as good as it was in that uh, wild card series, they might have a shot. But I'll say the Braves in four, but I would be surprised if the Phillies pull off the upsets, quote-unquote. Yeah, so this should be interesting. Second game on the docket tomorrow is the American League Division Series. This series will start in game one, 237 on TBS. It's the Seattle Mariners traveling to Houston to take on the Astros. Of course, these are AL West Division rivals. Lakina is going to come down to the bullpens for both teams. I think mean, both these teams have uh, great bullpens, the tops in the American League, perhaps the tops in baseball next to Cleveland's. Mm -hmm. But who's going to get that timely hitting? Seattle outside of Julio, Julio Rodriguez. Uh, they don't have the sexy names in terms of offensive players on paper, but, you know, they can muster out some runs. Of course, they did that on Saturday to close out mm -hmm. Toronto on the road. But Houston, you have Jordan Alvarez. Uh, Carlos Correa, they're not missing him, so, but you mm -hmm. still have Kyle Tucker. Of course, White Sox fans remember what he did uh, to us last year in the playoffs. Of course, you still have um, – but you still, um, um, my 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 mind's starting blank because of what happened in last year's playoffs. Excuse me, mm. folks, but Kyle, Kyle Tucker is still there as far as 
hitting is concerned. And you see like a couple other guys, but Dusty Baker, could this be his last run as Houston Astros manager? I uh, hope not, but we'll see. But I think it's going to come down to the bullpen for, for both for both teams. I think Houston is going to barely get by Seattle, but it's going to be tough five-game series. This is going yeah. uh, this better as far as baseball fans like yours truly that has really no personal interest. This better go five games, and I think it yeah. will. But yeah, Houston's I think it will, take too. Yeah I, yeah, I think it will, too. Like I said, it's going to be the bullpen. I think if, if the – it's same thing here with uh with the Phillies. The same thing here with this with Seattle. Seattle can you know get on Justin Verlander, uh get get you know get on mm-hmm. you know Santana right away. I think if, if they can kind of jump on them you know pretty quick, I think they could definitely kind of like make this a series. You know they're young, of course. You got the Astros, all the experience and such. So this is gonna be one. This is gonna be very interesting here. But uh yeah, I, I think this is gonna be kind of like one of those sort of series where. You know, I think experience could be the factor, but you never know. So, but should be. I'll pick Houston in four, but I'm, mm-hmm. sure, I'm hoping this goes five. Okay, the Guardians and the Yankees. I know the Guardians have. You know, they they gave the Yankees a hard time. You know, this year. So, mm-hmm. what do you think? Oh, uh, the Yankees are gonna start off in a bit of a hole because the world is Chapman missed a mandatory yep. workout on Friday, so Oops. he's being sent home by Brett Boone by Aaron Boone, I should say. Uh, see you in the ALCS if we get there. So the Yankees, we talked about Lakina. Uh, their bullpen's been kind of shoddy all year long, especially at the world is Chapman's early struggles, and so uh, he he's come back, but he he came back, but he did not get his closer job back, and now we know why. But on the flip side of Cleveland, we talk about their timely hitting, their starting pitching, their bullpen. They're going to give the Yankees trouble. Will I be surprised if Cleveland pulls this off? No. But something tells me, I uh, could be wrong, but something tells me Aaron Judge and those uh, and those guys from the Yankees will have just enough offense to squeak by the, the Guardians. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the Yankees at four. I wouldn't be surprised if this series goes five either. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of one of those areas that could go either way, especially with Chapman not being, you know, on the mm-hmm. roster. So this could definitely, you know, that that bullpen is going to be a, you know, an issue there for the Yankees. If Shane Bieber, if those, you know, those guys can kind of, you know, get on them early. Now, if you're Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton, I think you want to try to jump on the Guardians right away with your hitting. You know, get those big leads. And so, you know, I know Jericho is going to be first up. If he can kind of set the tone for the pitching, mm-hmm. I think this could definitely help. Uh, the Yankees and probably perhaps may get them an edge in this series, but look, crazy things happen in these best of five series. So mm-hmm. I think if the the Yankees are going to need their their offense to sort of show up because I think their their pitching and their defense might be a bit of a problem. But we'll see uh, what happens there. Now the last series, of course, these are old uh, NL West rivals. You got the Padres and the Dodgers. Dodgers got the best of them in that series. Now will it be a different story now that they're going to be facing each other in the divisional series? Yeah, these two teams faced each other in the bubble two years ago. Of course, the Dodgers got the best of the Padres on their on the Dodgers' way to winning their World Series title. This year is a little bit different. I wish these two teams faced each other in last year's playoffs, especially the way San Diego ha- hammered the Dodgers early in the regular season last year. But, of course, we all know what happened after that. A big collapse by San Diego. Of course, the Dodgers went on to win over 100 games. But this year, Lakina. San Diego had enough offense to be, beat a, a disappointing Mets team. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's going to continue. The Dodgers, you have to worry about their starting pitcher. Walker Buehler is out for the year. Clayton Carshaw mm-hmm. is still there. You still have Anderson there. <clears throat> you have Dustin May. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to come down to starting pitcher for me, Lakina. In San Diego, they have the names. You have Blake Snell. You'll probably see him later in this series. He pitched in the series against the Mets. You still have um, – 
Sean Manaya. I know you have you Darish who pitched mm-hmm. game one of the series. He'll probably pitch in game four if it goes game. that far. Yeah, it, it goes that far. But I think the Dodgers just have a little bit more talent than San Diego. I hope this series goes to full distance, but I'm picking the Dodgers at four. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to sweep. I, I think I think the Padres took advantage of a very underachieving Mets a squad, and I think that's mm-hmm. going to be sort of like the thing that's definitely going to kind of propel them. I know, uh, I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know if Kershaw's going to start tomorrow. I, I'm sure he will. Um, I, you know, they've got you know Freddie Freeman and Turner, and of course Mookie Betts. I I just mm-hmm. don't think the Padres have enough to slow that sort of that train down. If they can, it, look, if Mike Clevenger kind of set the tone tomorrow for them and kind of keep them at bay, but I may have a shot, but this could be one of those, this could be probably the only thing that may get swept, you know, only it, 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 in three, I think. But again, don't take it at face value, folks. We'll see right. what happens <laughs> in the wild card series. Wild card <laughs> round, I should say. So that's your schedule for tomorrow's as the uh, both the, the NL and the AL wild card. This is not wildcard, but the division series will begin in Major League Baseball tomorrow. So we'll have our recap on our next show on Friday. Now, Lakina, the fun is not over yet, but we got to regroup. We got to finish strong like we always do on this Monday edition of Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. When we return, we had to review week six of college football, some interesting games, not so much some interesting results. And we actually, uh, yours truly actually has a team. That deserve to be in the top 25. And guess what? They got it. I'll tell you, tell you who that is in just a moment. We have to review the Bulls preseason action from the weekend. And we're going to have old school TV Monday for you guys. Uh, remember this theme. Know your history. We'll have that in a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You listen to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, live and in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? 
For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. <laughs> 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 Gotta love that music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little 70s theme here going on but yeah yes 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 but uh yeah, yeah. Love it. welcome back to the second city of sports on sports on chicago like keena mcgee and sydney sydney brown you can call you can follow me at keena mcgee on the twitter and at keena scar mcgee on the ig you can follow your truly sydney brown on the twitter and the ig at ck80 once again at ck80 that's s-i-d-k-i-d-a-0 that's s-i-d-k-i-d-a-0 and we have less than a half hour left of this again so we call it sports talk radio show if you want to get at us with, with your comments and questions, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, week six of college football was very interesting. Maybe not mm-hmm. as action-packed as, as the previous weeks, but we'll start off with a local team here in the Chicagoland area, perhaps in the state of Illinois. Brett Bielma in the Illinois Final Line. I'll give him a couple of claps. Yay! Especially after a 9-6 ugly win over the Iowa Hawkeyes to find the line. I improved their record to 2-1 in the Big Ten, 5-1 overall. And they actually get a ranking. Yay! Number yeah, 23 in the country. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask, that was the question I was going to ask you and our, our listeners, Lakina. When will Illinois get, get a ranking? Well, they got it. They're ranked number 23 in the country. How long will they stay there? There remains to be seen. But uh, watching some of that game on Saturday, I was flipping back and forth between that game and the baseball playoffs. Uh, they lost a storm quarterback, um, DeVito, early, but yeah. it was Chase Brown that carried the day for the final line. Like 31 carries for 146 yards. Kurt Ferentz and his Iowa Hall guys, even though their defense stepped up as well, they had a lot of miscues, especially on offense, mm-hmm. especially during that last drive of the game. Yeah, Peters threw an interception and it would have, you know, kept the drive going. And uh, don't know what was going on there with that play, but uh, that play call. But uh, that's a whole different story. Yeah. Nine six. I mean, this was like an ugly, ugly game. I kind of, it was kind of like, you know, I, I really you know, couldn't watch it for a second. Like, <laughs> there were a lot of, you know, fumbles and such. You know, of course, you know, Tommy DeVito got hurt. So, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, 
Savusky had to step in. But, uh, you know, look, look, I mean, it's a good thing that Illinois pulled this off. I mean, it was sort of one of those, like, ugly kind of, like, games where it's it's rare, but you yeah. have them in college football. So now they're going to have a tough one on Saturday. they got to face a Minnesota team that's not going to be in a very good mood. They had to have uh... a yeah, you had to stay. They sounded lots of Purdue, and they were off. And I'm sure again, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it uh, uh, on Friday. But uh, yeah, that's who they're going to be playing against. So it's going to be a tough, a tough go at it for uh, Illinois. But a nice win for them to kind of pull off that uh, little crate, a little uh, game that wasn't very good. That was kind of like uh, unexpectedly pleasing to watch. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, couple of uh, a few of the highlight games from this past Saturday from Week Six in the world of college football. Number one, Alabama survives at home, beating Texas A and M twenty four twenty. For the Crimson Tide, Mister Gibbs uh, ran the uh, Jameer Gibbs ran the ball hard for Alabama twenty one carries for one hundred and fifty four yards. Lakina, I did check some of this out. It was a kind of an ugly game. Texas A and M had their chances, but Alabama off of a situational football in town alone, they survived the victory at home. Yeah, the, de- yeah, the defense definitely repelled uh, them in that game. And uh, it was sort of like, you know, it was, it was kind of, it was going to be tough because, you know, Jameer, uh, Jalen Miro, uh, you know, had a, you know, had a struggle doing an interception, you know, threw, you know, three touchdowns and such. But like I guess it was really the, it was really Bama's defense that kind of saved the day for mm-hmm. them against the Aggies. And uh, Bryce Young should be back next week. We'll see. But uh, mm-hmm. a good win by, uh, by Alabama. A uh, really good win here by Georgia. A dominating performance by, mm-hmm. uh, by the Bulldogs uh, beating Auburn. I don't know what has happened to that Auburn program. Don't, don't ask. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, uh, 42 to 10. Uh, just to, just hammered uh, them. Sesson Bennett uh, threw for 288 yards. And, uh, Dijuan Edwards, uh, Dijon Edwards, I should say, had uh, mm-hmm. three rushing touchdowns with with 83 uh, rushing yards to propel uh, the 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 bull the Bulldogs and a down to performance against the Tigers. Yep, uh, let's uh, go back to the Big Ten. Number three, Ohio State take. Takes care of Michigan at Michigan State in East Lansing, 49 to 20. CJ Stroud, 361 yards passing and six touchdowns. But it it, it was a Travion Henderson, their big running back, 19 carries, 118 yards in a score. Ohio State scored 21 points in the second quarter to put this one away. And they added 14 more uh, early in the third quarter. Get ready to feel old, folks. Marvin Harrison Jr., yes, he is a son of the Hall of Fame wide <laughs> receiver, uh, keeping up well with his uh, dad's name here. 131 rushing yards to three touchdowns. I think that's the most by a big, you know, by a receiver in the Big uh, Ten. Well, in, in Ohio State history, at, at least, you know, the mm-hmm. only, you know, the only other receiver to do that was Joey Galloway, current ESPN analyst. So, make it history making there, but uh, yeah, just a dominant performance. Uh, yeah, I know uh, Michigan State scored a couple of t- touchdowns late, but that did really didn't matter. Yep. And speaking of Michigan, uh, the number four Michigan ranked State team in the country, the Wolverines, and went to Bloomington, Indiana, and handed it to the Indiana Hoosiers, thirty-one to ten. The Michigan Wolverines scored twenty-one of their thirty-one points in the second half. JJ McCarthy for Michigan, their star quarterback, was the man, twenty-eight of thirty-six, three hundred four yards and three touchdowns. As your guy Blake Corum, their stud running back. 25 mm-hmm. carries, 124 yards in the score. Yeah, yeah, it was tied uh, at halftime. So that was a, a little bit of a, a, a 
kind of a little awareness there, but like like we said, I mean, uh, Michigan kind of you know kicked it into gear and may have gotten caught looking ahead a little bit to that game against Penn State on Saturday. Might have gotten caught there, but uh, look, they did what they had to do. I mean, JJ McCarthy had his best uh, game of the season, threw over 304 yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, my guy Corum had 124 yards and a touchdown, so really didn't need to do too much. It was their defense that kind of you know slowed down Indiana. Yeah, they got they made the adjustments. And uh, shout out to Mike Hart, who's the running backs coach over at Michigan. Uh, collapse, you know, he's feeling better. Mm-hmm. He was released. You know, he is back in uh, Ann Arbor, so that's just you mm-hmm. know good news all around. Uh, there, uh, Clemson had no trouble with Boston College, 30, 31 to three. Really Next. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they did that. Uh, yeah, they did uh, that honoring for, uh, the young man who, of course, you know, the, the guy knows bandana guy, of course, nine eleven. you know, he stayed a lot of uh, mm-hmm. folks there before he unfortunately perished in, uh, the South tower, but, uh, you know, they kept that tradition going, but, uh, you know, DJ Oloye had, uh, three touchdown passes and an interception, also had 69 rushing yards, but again, it was a defense. So really didn't have to do too much against Boston College, a, a team that is rebuilding. But uh, nonetheless, a good showing by Clemson. Another team is trying to get into the national championship picture is the USC Trojans, ranked number six in the country. They had no problems taking care of the Washington State Cougars, 30-14. to 14. Mario Williams, the stud wide receiver from the Trojans, four catches at 82 yards and two touchdowns. Caleb Williams, 15-29, 188 188 yards and two touchdowns in their star running back Travis Dye, 28 carries, 149 yards in a score. Yeah, uh, again, this was so this was sort of like tied at one point, I guess. And I think uh, Washington State had the lead for a little bit, but you know, uh, the, the offense too much uh, for uh, for the Cougs to slow down. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams, you know, did just you know did just enough, and the rest of that offense is just enough. You know, the defense kind of uh, got it going mm-hmm. in the second half, slowing uh, the Cougars down. But uh, yeah, so that's a good showing by. Uh, by USC. Okay, number seven, Oklahoma State Cowboys. They get by Texas Tech 41 31. And Tennessee, Tennessee, arrested, mm-hmm. shout out, arrested development. <laughs> the number ranked eight team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers. They go down to LSU, uh, which were they were ranked number 25. I don't think they'll be ranked anymore. Uh, Tennessee blows them out 40 to 13. For Tennessee, you had Jabari Small running the ball 22 times, 427 yards and two touchdowns. And their third right receiver, Mr. Brew McCoy, seven catches for over 140 yards. Yeah, Hendon Hooker also had 239 passing yards and a, a two touchdown passes. And a, like I said, you know, they it was but it was really the defense. I mean, they definitely slowed down that uh that offense uh, for LSU and just really couldn't get things going. Um, and such, so, you know, they, they, they sacked their quarterback, uh, Jaden Daniels five times. So that definitely, you know, yeah, that solved a lot of drives for LSU and that helped, you know, Tennessee, you know, was able to kind of blow them out. Let's go back to the West coast. Lakina number 18, UCLA, the Bruins get by number 11, Utah, one, uh, 42 to 32 UCLA scored 28 of their 42 points in the second half alone. Yeah, that was, that was sort of like you know, a really close game for a little bit. But, you know, yeah, Utah, yeah, I know they scored a couple of times. But, again, it was just kind of like, you know, you know garbage touchdowns and such. Uh, you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson had uh, four touchdown passes. He also had a rushing touchdown. Zach Charbonnet, who uh, you guys, if you guys know who he is, you better get to know him, 198 rushing yards and a touchdown. So, uh, you know, I know that they were dancing. And I know uh, Troy Eggman, who of course went to USC, you know, I know he was you know, very happy about this performance by 
uh, his uh, Bruins. And, uh, oh, yeah, a really great show. And now they got the edge in the Pac-12 South. Hopefully, you know, UCLA and USC can uh, stand defeated by the time they face each other. It could be for the Pac-12 South. Well, actually, they don't really know the divisions, but could be for the Pac-12 you know, in that part to sort of, you know, for a spot in the championship game. So uh, let's see. Let's hope that happens. Yeah, UCLA improves their record to six and zero. Utah drops to four and two. Number twelve, Oregon Ducks. They get uh, they dominate the Arizona Wildcats, forty nine to twenty two. The Oregon Ducks scored twenty one points in the second quarter. They duplicate that in the third quarter as well to put that game away. Yeah, didn't really do too much against Arizona. Again, it's an Arizona team that's rebuilding, so uh, nothing really much to. Nothing too much there to talk about. Uh, all those, you know, the next part, South Carolina upset number uh, 13, Kentucky, 24-14, a nice win for Shane Bieber in that program. Spencer Rattler, uh, remember that name, folks, all you Oklahoma fans? Uh, he threw 177 Ooh. yards and uh, a touchdown. Uh, Marshawn, Marshawn Lloyd had 110 uh, rushing yards and a touchdown and a receiving touchdown, but it was really their defense uh, mm-hmm. for uh, the uh, for South Carolina. They sacked uh, Kaya Sharon. Of course, I know their uh, their main quarterback uh, was out, but uh, they sacked him mm-hmm. about six times. So it was really the defense that kind of helped uh, helped uh, South Carolina in this, in this game. Uh, number fourteen, NC State takes care of Florida State. Wait, number fifteen, Wake Forest takes care of Army, forty five ten. But I'm gonna get to your team, Lakina. <laughs> She's gonna kill me for this. Notre Dame, they they they, they come from behind to be number 16 BYU in Las Vegas, 28 to 20. For Notre Dame, their stud quarterback Drew Pine, 22 of 28, 262 yards and three touchdowns. And Aldrich Estime, the running back for the Fighting Irish, 14 carries for 97 yards. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean, this is actually a really good game. I think, uh, I know, like I said, I know uh, BYU kind of uh, has some garbage. I actually had a couple of chances too, but uh, Jaron Hall uh, threw an interception and that kind of, you know, you know, sort of stopped the momentum there. But uh, I mean, it was a nice showing. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, they were off last week, so they were able mm-hmm. to kind of get extra time to prepare for this game. And look, this is a nice win for Marcus Freeman. Look, I'll get to do some props every once in a while. Okay. This, so, might time, this might be the only time I'll give him props, but uh, I'll, 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 I'll do it. I do it once a year. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Good. Lakina won't yell at me this week. <laughs> After starting out 0 2, Notre Dame has won their last three games to improve their records and now 3 2. Game day was in uh, Lawrence, Kansas on over the weekend, but the number 19 ranked Kansas Jayhawks disappointed their home fans as number 17 TCU defeats Kansas 38 to 31. Uh, their third quarterback, talking about TCU, Max Duggan, a 23 of 33, 308 yards and three touchdowns. Their star running back, uh, uh, Kendra Miller, had 18 carries, 88 yards in the score. And their star wide receiver, Mr. Quentin Johnson, 14 catches, 206 yards in a big score. Yeah. The game winning uh, score. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately for Kansas, uh, Jalen Daniels, their star QB, uh, was out due to a shoulder injury. But Jason B. more than picked up the slack. He had 262 uh, yards and, four, and threw for four touchdowns. But it was really their defense; they just couldn't get, they couldn't slow down uh, TCU. So that that's really it wasn't really what Bean did or didn't do. It was actually what their defense didn't do. So here comes another Lakina special. Number twenty, Kansas State. They get by Iowa. 10 to 9. Kansas State improves their record to 5 and 1. Iowa State drops to 3 and 3, 0 and 3 in the Big 12. Yeah, um, Adrian Martinez has definitely been a big difference for K State, so we'll see if they can keep it up, but uh just, you know, 
had some questionable calls late that that whole you know that last week was for Iowa State. I have a friend who went there and he was not very happy <laughs> that uh, they made that play call <laughs> on on fourth down and just you know the, the, the receiver had the ball like right there in his hands and unfortunately he uh, dropped it. So mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately there, but uh, yeah, but uh, K State stands defeated in a pretty entertaining although ugly game. Uh, Washington gets upset by Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State, they don't, have, they don't have a coach right now. So, but uh, unfortunately <laughs> for Washington, they couldn't take advantage of that. Uh, Travis, uh, Trenton Pugris, I should say, threw for three touchdowns. Uh, Emory Jones, of course, they had a couple of Wildcat specials and such. Uh, Xavion Valid Day for uh, Arizona State had 111 yards and a touch and a, a rushing touchdown. So, the deep, you know, it, was, it was actually a pretty exciting game. I got a chance to watch it on this uh, lovely uh, laptop here, but uh, <laughs> it was a pretty entertaining game. But uh, yeah, nice win for Arizona State. We'll get to the, the theme here in a second. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you, reviewing some of the key games from week six in the world of college football. Going back to the SEC, number 23, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, they dominate the Arkansas Razorbacks yeah. 40 to 17. And for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, they still quarterback Mr. Will Rogers. Especially for you old schoolers that remember that name from back in the day from the world of <laughs> entertainment, thirty-one to forty-eight, three hundred ninety-five yards and three touchdown passes. Yeah, yeah, a really good showing by him. He's now the all-time leading in comp- leading in completions in the history of the SEC. He passed Aaron Murray, whose record uh, had lasted since you know who has lasted since twenty thirteen. This is the Rodgers' twenty-eighth game, you know, and Murray did in fifty-two games. So just because <laughs> how good could Rodgers is, you know, that's just a, just a crazy stat there, but uh. Arkansas falling back to earth a little bit, but uh, yep. Uh, uh, Florida got the best of the fighting Mike Bermans. You know, you guys get that reference for those who have listened to us. Uh, Mizzou, yeah. uh, uh, they hold off uh, Missouri 40, uh, Florida, uh, Florida held off Missouri, I should say. Uh, 24-17. Love you, Mike. We gotta get you back on the show soon from NBC Chicago. <laughs> uh, Texas and Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. Uh, what the hell happened here? I did not I, see this I, coming. Yeah, I, I when I turned to when I looked at it, I was like, really? Huh? <laughs> like what? What's going on here? Uh this is the I think what my goodness. Uh this has been going on since 1900. This is the most points that Texas has scored in the series in the season of this series. It was, it was actually the largest shutout loss, their large and their third largest loss in school history. Brett Venables, you got some explaining to do, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say here. Yeah, Texas beat Oklahoma 49-0 in Dallas, Texas. Texas 4-2 on the season now, 2-1 in the Big 12. Oklahoma 3-3 now, 0-3 in Big 12 play. Back to the Big 10. Purdue gets by Maryland 31-29. Purdue's 14 points in the fourth quarter was turned about to be Mm -hmm. the difference in the game. Yeah, that was a good showing by Purdue. Uh, no letdown there with that win against Minnesota. So they're in a driver's seat in the Big 10 West right now. They play play Illinois in Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks, so we'll see if – when and if that changes. Speaking of, you know, going with the Illinois theme here, Wisconsin uh, just hammered <laughs> Northwestern forty-two to seven. Yep, da 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 da. Yep, Graham Mertz uh, threw for five touchdowns, threw for almost uh, three hundred yards. Uh, Braylon Allen uh, had a had a touchdown uh, pass himself, but also too, he ran the ball for one hundred thirty-five yards. Uh, I oh god I mean I, I I really have nothing to say here although I, I will say again the theme here with the interim coaches Mickey Joseph Nebraska they won uh Sean Aguano what well, we talked about that Arizona State upsetting Washington 
Brian Vinton from uh, UA, UAB, of course, mm-hmm. you know, they're changing coaches. Brent Key you know, from Georgia Tech and Jim Lehard, who was who was now the interim coach for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Again, they all won, so that's actually pretty cool. That's the first time since the FBS, FBS, FCS split in '78 where uh, interim coaches went four and zero or better in a single week. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty good uh, showing by uh, by those guys. Uh, but with that said, what happened? What happened to your Wildcats, Sid? I mean, what what, what what's happening here? <laughs> now they're my Wildcats. Oh, good grief. Uh, well, like we talked about on Friday, Lakina, they known for uh, strong defense of running the ball. They had the running running game down packed, but you have nothing at quarterback, and so that puts that much pressure on your defense. It's just what Wisconsin, uh, especially after coming out that ugly loss to Illinois, like you said, they had the coaching change. They were more motivated, and they were the better team. That's all I had to say. <laughs> yeah, there's really nothing else to say. There's really nothing yeah. else left to say there, but uh, yeah, yep. so uh. Not a good showing there uh, by Northwestern. Uh, Toledo gets the best of uh, Northern Illinois, 52-32. Yeah, yeah uh, the Huskies now 1-5 on the year, 0-2 in MAC play. Georgia Tech, of course, again with the theme. They beat Duke in overtime mm-hmm. again you know, with the theme here with their interim coaches. Uh, North Carolina Miami, 27-24. Oh, that was an ugly ending, you uh, Miami mm-hmm. fan. I saw some yeah, of that. Yeah, that was pretty There needs yeah, to be saw... a change at quarterback, Lakina. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they're going to oh, get yeah. it this year. But you had to seriously consider that going into next year if you're Hurricanes. Yeah, it was just not a – The last five minutes was terrible. That too. was uh, that was brutal. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, the Mario Cristobal, I think he's the guy to do it, but he just doesn't have the personnel right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just think that oof, that that was that was ugly, 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 ugly. And uh, finishing up with the West Coast games, of course, you got Oregon <laughs> State uh, beating Stanford, holding them off. That was a pretty thrilling, thoroughly finished twenty-eight twenty-seven. And uh, San Diego State uh, getting the best of Hawaii, sixteen to fourteen. And yeah, that's about it. Wyoming uh, beat New Mexico twenty-seven fourteen. Utah State upsets Air Force thirty-four twenty-seven. <laughs> And my UTSA, the San Texas Antonio uh, Roadrunners, beep beep, uh, held off uh, Western Kentucky thirty-one twenty-eight. <laughs> All right, so that's your recap from last weekend's Week Six action for the world of college football. We'll get to old school TV Monday. <clears throat> excuse me, in just a moment. But you're first listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. Lakina, let's hop into some Bulls preseason basketball. The Bulls improved their record in the preseason to two and one after beating the different Nuggets at the UC on Friday by 18. They get by the Toronto Raptors. 115 to 98. The Bulls turned on the heat defensively in that fourth quarter. Andre Drummond was the man in that fourth quarter. Hmm. Uh, two three pointers. Javante Green uh, really played well is in his extended uh, uh, time on the floor. He had 17 points, five rebounds, and one monstrous dunk in that fourth quarter. Zach Levine st- uh, struggled, but it was some of the other guys like Io Dusun. He had a couple of bad turnovers early, but he ended up with 14 points for the entire game. And DeMar DeRosa, the former Toronto Raptor, ended the game with 21 points in 27 minutes of action. Yeah, that was uh, – Muzovic had 13 points as well. Uh, Green, I, thought, I saw that. I saw a little bit of that game, and I saw that uh, that dunk that Green uh, showed. Uh, that he, he he took off, like, near the free throw line. That's how, yeah. that's how massive <laughs> that dunk was. And a really uh, nicely called by Jason Benetti, who was, of course, chipping in for Adam and e, who was in Minnesota calling the Bears game. So that was a, a cool showing there. Just a nice little look, a nice team win, I think. You mm-hmm. needed that. I know they – yes, I know Jokic didn't play on Friday. I, I get it, but – you know, still a good showing there about beating the Nuggets and such. So are, are we okay with the Bulls now? Have everybody calmed <laughs> down on the Bulls? Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. I want to ask you about two players in particular that we're watching, the many Bulls fans are watching for this year. 
Uh, Dalen Terry, the rookie first round pick. I think his nickname is Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster, <laughs> and, yep. And and third year guy, Mr. Patrick Williams out of Florida State. Some people say he should be in the starting lineup. Some people say he should be coming off the bench. Uh, what do you think about those uh, performances so far, those two players so far in the preseason? Yeah, I think for me, I think if you're, you know, this is sort of like, this kind of like a show me mo for P-Will, of course. You know, he's been hurt the last couple of years and, you know, come and haven't really played a, hasn't really played a full season since his rookie year. So I think this is sort of like, which was a short year. But yeah, I think it's sort of one of those things where you kind of want to see like how he does, especially – but also, too, like we've been saying, Dalen Terry may have a lot to prove as well. And I saw, like I said, I saw him in Arizona. He was uh, all Pac-12 defensively. He was defensive player of the year in the Pac-12s, and he's showing you why. And as mm-hmm. look, he, you know, look, he showed you that he can shoot, shoot it as well. And look, I mean, I think those two, I think, look, Billy Donovan, this is gonna be a good problem for him to have, have you know, nice, good combinations and such. So. This will be very interesting. I think it, it'll depend on the game and the, and the team they play. You may see Dalen mm-hmm. Terry in the starting lineup. You may be. I don't know. But I think I think if you're P. Will, you're still you're still kind of in prove it mode because uh, again, you know, him and I are probably going to be going back and forth, especially early on in the season, especially considering the schedule that we have. And we'll talk more about that too next week. We'll get more in depth into it. We'll we'll tell you guys why mm-hmm. maybe on Friday. But uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think. Look, I think if you're this is, if you're Billy Donovan, you're in a good spot. You have you know, more have young players that are very capable, that are very hungry. And uh, look, you, you look like like I said, well, we'll see. I mean, this is gonna be very interesting though how this sort of plays out between these two because well, we'll we're probably gonna be going back and forth and see. Like you may see you're gonna say some games you'll see IO, some games you'll see P will, but you'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see if as as it's you know more and more into the season, we'll see if, if Billy Donovan makes a decision whether or not he'll have that starting line to keep that that consistency. The Bulls will wrap up their preseason schedule tomorrow night against the Milwaukee Bucks at 7 o'clock. And, of course, next Wednesday they'll open up the regular season at Miami against the Miami Heat. Lakina, before we close up shop, I did watch a couple of the preseason action from last night mm-hmm. via this computer screen. Uh, the Lakers get by the Warriors 124-121. to 121. Draymond yes. Green, after that um, that that punch, that slap against Jordan Poole, he's, uh, he said that he's decided to – Step away from the team. I'm using air quotes here. That's what he said uh, to the press over the weekend. Of course, LeBron James on the flip side for the Lakers did not play last night. And but this other game that I watched last night was very interesting. The Minnesota Timberwolves come back from 20 points down to defeat the Los Angeles Clippers 119 to 117. I get I got a chance to watch the majority of this game last night. Shout out to Michael Grady. Of course, he used to mm-hmm. do work with the Yes Network uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. He's the new. TV voice for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I got a chance to watch some of that broadcast last night. It was available. And uh, he he sounds good with Jim Peterson, longtime color Mm -hmm. man and former NBA player. But the Timberwolves, looking at, like I said, we'll get more into it on Friday and we're doing our big show uh, this time next week to preview the 2022-23 season right here on Second City Sports with our illustrious panel. We'll tell you who that is at a later date. But uh, <laughs> but uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, as uh, 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 long as not too many things change in the Western Conference via injuries and, and such things in that nature, that Minnesota Timberwolves team, at least uh, at least is going to be very interesting to watch this year with their new big three with Rudy Gobert, who didn't play last night, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards, who really came to play in last year's playoffs, especially. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out because I, I feel like I want to see how they mesh well together. 
that's going to mm-hmm. be very that's going to be a very interesting. They they could give teams some fits in the Western Conference. So looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing that. I saw a little. I saw the highlights of that game. I mean, you know, that, that that was just a you know a crazy. Thankfully, that was the regular season game. Of course, you know, Clippers fans are going to be going. Steve Bob will probably going bonkers, and you know what I'm talking about there. So uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, thankfully it was a crazy game. Look, yeah, look, John Wall. Of course, you guys are forgetting he's now with uh, the Clippers. He scored 20 points in a losing effort there. So. I want to see how that kind of plays out, especially hopefully we'll see. Uh, hopefully once we see Kawhi, I mean, you know, Kawhi has looked good. It's going to take him a couple of games to kind of get his uh, mojo going. I really want to see Wall and Leonard and uh, PG together. That's going to be interesting too. So like I said, mm-hmm. we'll get more into it, but the Western Conference is going to shape up to be a very interesting uh, conference like it usually is. Yes. And so, like I said, what I watched from both teams last night, it makes you really excited that the season can't get the uh, start of the season can't get here long enough on the Clippers uh-huh. side. You mentioned John Wall. Uh, I I know he's not supposed to be the man for the Clippers this year. Uh, he's he, that that team and that role that he's fits for that team is very perfect for him, especially as yep. they lost Patrick Beverly before the start of last season. And of course, it all depends on if Kawhi and Paul George stay healthy. Both of them stay healthy. Yep. Uh, that could be a very dangerous team. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the key. I think, for, especially for the Clippers' health, and that was a problem mm-hmm. last year. The, the guys, look, they were they ever get to uh, the the, the play in, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, them not being there, I think, unfortunately, came back to bite them in the butt. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, like I said, hopefully now that everyone's back at full strength. Like I said, I think Kawhi will be Kawhi. I would think by mid November wants to get some games in him. Should be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting. I, I feel like no doubt. Yes. So the NBA will be very interesting uh, to say the least for the upcoming 2022-23 season. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports on Chicago, the Money Edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Lakina, are you ready for this week's edition of Old School TV Monday? I think I know what show you're talking about. So yes, I am. Let's do it. Okay. One, two, one, two, three. It's show time. At, at the, the Apollo, Apollo. <laughs> it's showtime. Yep, at the yep. Apollo tonight. That's right. <laughs> Did you guess that one, Lakina? Oh, Don't I lie. got that. I well, I had a couple of shows in mind, but that was one of my guesses. I'll say that. I, okay. I, I had there was like two or three other shows in mind, but yeah, that was like my top. There were that that was definitely my top three guesses. Okay, I'll give you a thumbs up and a point for that one. <laughs> showtime mm-hmm. at the Apollo, uh, at the Apollo, formerly known as is Showtime at the Apollo in Apollo Live is an American variety show that first aired in syndication from September 12, 1987 to May 24, 2008. In 2018, the series returned on Fox with Steve Harvey hosting, filmed at the legendary Apollo Theater in Harlem, New York. The show features live performances from both professional and upcoming artists and also features the world-famous amateur night competition in many cities such as New York, and here in Chicago, it often aired after Saturday Night Live and, and during the late Saturday night slash early Sunday morning hours. It was often paired with a similarly syndicated uh, show, Soul Train. A live non-televised version of the show uh, takes place every Wednesday, which mm-hmm. which is the original Apollo Amateur Night competition that has been running for over 70, 70 years, with the taped version of the show for television being recorded in advance on other nights for the later airing. And some of the hosts throughout the uh, hosts and guest stars throughout the years included Whoopi Goldberg, Ricky mm-hmm. Avalis, who was a guest comedian a few times on the show. He hosted Amateur mm-hmm. Night. Martin Lawrence, Sinbad, who was the host for a couple of years before Steve Harvey took over. Mm-hmm. Donna Summer, Mark Curry. Yes. Before, Mon- yeah, pre-hanging with Mr. Cooper, Mark yes. Curry. Yep. Yes. 
So, of course, uh, Steve Harvey, Monique, uh, Christopher Kid Reed after um, Kid and Play was out of style musically for a while. Anthony Anderson and Kiki Shepherd served as co hosts from 1987 until 2002. Of course, from 89 to 91, Sinbad served as the comedian Sinbad served as the permanent host after he, uh, he left the show. Steve Harvey took over in 1993 and then he left in 19. 19- 99 and of course uh, Rudy Rush replaced Steve Harvey in 2000 and was joined by new comedic dancer CP Lacey who replaced the original Howard Sam and Sams who died who died uh, the previous year of course he was the guy that ran out there doing amateur night that the crowd didn't like yes. they booed he ran him off the stage yep. and there yep. uh, of course <laughs> Yeah, of course, people are younger than us talking about Beyonce's remembers Beyonce's song to the left, to the left, uh, pointing to the left. That came from Showtime oh, at the yep. Apollo, folks. Yep, that came from Showtime at the Apollo. So Beyonce did not originate that. So go back and, uh, and learn your history. Of course, Fox brought the series back back in March 1st, 2018. Lakina, uh, we talk about uh, black history, black American history uh, from time to time on this show. Of course, Showtime the Apollo uh, set the standard as far as music performances is concerned, along with Soul Train. And of course, at that time, Arsenio Hall was starting his late night talk show. Remember those mm-hmm. singers on Arsenio, along with uh, Showtime the Apollo, you sang your songs live. Now, a few of the artists chose to do uh, lip sync in the early years, but during the later years, every performance was live. And yeah. the, the crowd was live, and especially on amateur night. Uh, <laughs> with those up and coming comedians and, uh, and and singers, everybody thought that Simon Cowell, who shares the same birthday with yours truly, by the way, along with Taylor Taylor Riley, happy birthday to both those gentlemen as well. Yeah. But people that think that oh, American Idol Simon Cowell, he's mean. Uh, uh, they uh, they revolutionized uh, uh, the harsh judge judging. Uh, blah blah blah. No, all that no, came from Showtime the Apollo. Right in the thick of Harlem, New York. Those those members. Gave it to you where you didn't perform your get your best. They gave it to you to see if you could survive it. Most of the yep. performers did. Some of them didn't. But they were the real judges. You didn't have all these four or five kissy-assy poo judges like you do on American Idol. There was no need of that at Showtime, the Apollo. Uh, the, Apollo. the audience was the original judge. That let you know whether you had real talent or not, period. Yeah, it was sort of one of those things that kind of revolutionized that that particular format and such. Yes. So basically, anybody who was anybody performed there, whether you were up and comer or whether you were, you know, you were already established, you just perform and such. You, know, you got comedians, of course. If you guys remember, you know, TLC performed at Showtime at the Apollo. Heavy mm-hmm. D and the Boys performed. Yes. Kid and Teddy Play. Riley guy. Teddy, yeah, guy and Teddy Riley, you know, hammer. I mean. Long before mm-hmm. this was like, yeah, I think he did it about the same time. Uh, him and uh, you know, when he was at uh, not only at the Apollo, but also to our studio because they were right in that same area. So, and mm-hmm. then Harlem, then it was like a one row over where Arsenio filmed his show, the original, his original uh, talk show. So, it was definitely one of those, uh, those, those types of uh, shows where like you know, the gong show, and so it was kind of like similar mm-hmm. to that format. You, know, you saw all the people that host, and I know Whoopi hosted for a little bit. Uh, of course, you know, Mark Curry, a pre Hey, Mr. Cooper, Mark Curry, Mark Curry, uh, mm-hmm. Sinbad did it for a few years after he left a, a, a different world. Then Steve Harvey did it for the rest of the nineties and such. Mm-hmm. 
there were, there were very different variations of it since then. Of course, Fox has kind of done it now. You can watch it on Fox every uh, week. Of course, it's not live. I guess like only like it's it's really like five, four or five months mm-hmm. in advance. But even still, I mean, it was kind of like it was American Bandstand with a little bit of Soul Train with a little bit of the Gong Show. So it was sort of like mm-hmm. a fusion of all those shows kind of rolled into one. And that's what made it so special. And they've been doing it for like years prior to even before it went on television. Exactly. And of course, all the legendary Motown acts. Uh, mm-hmm. performed there. Yeah, comedians performed there. I know Amy Schumer, before she started having kids, she performed there for an HBO special a few mm-hmm. years ago. And of course, all your comedians, including your black comedians, as you mentioned, Steve Harvey, mm-hmm. Cedric the Entertainer. I know locally Leon Rogers, who does the mornings on GCI here in Chicago, he performed yep, he there, there too. Uh, a few. I believe yeah, I believe yeah. Cheryl Underwood mm-hmm. from, the, from the talk that they performed there too. I remember she Chicago's I remember she very own as well. Yep. yep. Yeah, and here's what I wanted to bring up, and I said hashtag know your history from uh, from earlier before we uh, came for this last break, that the um, the Apollo Theater, theater is still is of course yep. relevant uh, in, in New York. Remember, you had the uh, the original Fox Theater in Detroit, yep. just outside, just in the De- downtown Detroit. Of course, all those Motown acts are broke there as well. But mm-hmm. us here in Chicago, we have a small connection to that TV show as well. Remember the Regal Theater. Especially yep. the folks, our parents age and older. Yep. I'm gonna give you guys some love. The original Regal Theory was on 47th and yep. South Parkway, yes, which yes. is now King Drive. And of course, yep. our generation remembered the Regal Theory, which which when it moved to 79th and Stony Island. So yes. the, you kind of have your black ensemble theaters that were historic landmarks. Of course, the Regal Theater is no longer there. I don't know what happened right. to Fox Theater Detroit. I think it's still there. It's still Anybody there. wants to update it? On, was, yeah, is it still, still there? I think it's still there, but I think they're doing it for like they're doing like different things with it now. I okay. think. Yeah, but yeah, but, like, you know, my but mom, that's yeah, that's what yeah. I got to think about. You know, just doing some research for this show. Now we were teenagers and pre-teenagers uh, doing that height of that show, Lakina. I wasn't allowed to stay up late. Uh, uh, it was a few times that during my teenage years, yeah, I was able to stay up a little bit later. But uh, all across the country, including here in Chicago, it aired after Saturday Night Live, uh, especially here in Chicago at midnight. <laughs> on ABC Five Chicago, I wasn't able to stay up to watch the whole show, but uh, the few times I was able to watch some of it, it, it was some of the best entertainment around. Yeah, just a quick update on the Fox Theater. It has closed, but I guess now it's now in Atlanta, I think. So, uh, yeah, I think they closed okay. it a couple of years. So I think like during the pandemic, I think they moved all this stuff to the Atlanta. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I was allowed to watch. I mean, like everyone else was uh, watching. So yeah, my mom said, "Hey, you know, you might as well go ahead and just stay up, stay up with us and watch." And like I, mm-hmm. I remember seeing all those, all those acts. New Edition performed there at the mm-hmm. uh, at the at new uh, at the at the Apollo. Uh, so like I said, basically anybody who was anybody, especially from the from the eighties when the show started airing through like the, mm-hmm. the early two thousands, um, you know, came on like ten thirty. It came on like after Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yep, at midnight. Yep, at midnight. So uh, yeah, it was it was hard to watch for some of us younger kids, but you know, as we got older, yeah, it was it wasn't as hard. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was sort of like great to see you know guys, you know, and gals and such, you know, comedians. Of course, it was so raw, and you, you couldn't swear. You couldn't swear. Yeah, you could not swear. Yep. Because if, mm-hmm. if you did, they will they will boot you out. Boot you. So, they will boot, <laughs> to they the left. To the left. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll give you yeah yeah they'll they'll get you out. So uh, anything offensive too. But you saw a whole lot of uh, performers there and, and such. So. uh you know, some great acts. I know Color Me Bad, you know, performed there for a little bit. I know Johnny Gill performed there when he went solo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, lots of great uh, performers and such that perform. And also great comedians, like like we said. I mean, you know, and then Amy, yeah, like I said, Amy Schumer performed there. You know, they 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 loved her. She was shocked. <laughs> she was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> she was surprised. You, you ask her now. She was totally shocked that uh, that they, mm-hmm. they really liked her. 
And I think, I believe, didn't Jerry Seinfeld or Ray Romano, I think one of them performed there, two of them, I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. One yeah. Of them, or maybe both of them, I'm not sure, but uh, this was years before they got their TV shows. But I know, I know, I know, Seinfeld, I think Seinfeld did perform at the Apollo, I think. I remember him talking about that a few years, some years back. But uh, yeah, basically, you know, if you wanted to kind of, you know, get your career going or if you were already established, one of the first places you went to was the Apollo Theater to perform, you know, Showtime at the Apollo. Yeah. And you remember, and she came back to perform as a, a superstar a couple years later, but I think this clip is still going around on YouTube. A young teenager named, named Lauren Hill, when yes. she appeared on their amateur night, she famously got mm -hmm. booed, came yeah. back a couple years later with White Clay John in, in, uh, in the Fuji's. Killed it. <laughs> there was, uh, uh, revenge is, is uh, success is the sweetest revenge, and she yep. uh, uh, had a chance to do that, and she accomplished it. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah. And I remember she talked about that too. Yeah, she said it was like mm -hmm. really one of the worst, you know, kind of like you know, most of her life. But then she, like she said, she, like I said, she came back a couple mm -hmm. years later with the Fugees and such, you know, with Wyclef, and mm -hmm. yeah, it was just you know, it just. Yeah, just, just yeah, they definitely kind of like you know, like like you said. I think you know she showed those folks. So, you know, I remember her saying that too. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be just so many like, great performances and great acts. You know, I yeah, you know, I wish they, I wish they would have something like that now. I know, I know it's still around. I know they still do. I know Fox still does some of the specials occasionally. Yeah. I know TV One like, reran did the reruns when yeah, they first started many those, years yeah. ago, but I think yeah. they stopped it. But yeah, they did. I know you can catch some episodes on online on YouTube. I actually watched one this morning. And this is when they were doing the guest host in his first season. Then yep. the now late Gilbert Goffrey was the yeah. guest host. Yeah. And guess who performed on that show? Terrence Trent Diarby, Keith Sweat, when he oh, first came yep. out, I want her. And Rebe Jackson. Jackson. No, she yep. did not perform Centipede, but she performed uh, Plaything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember Another that. underrated great song, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, so like I said, I mean, like I said, anybody who was anybody, whether you were up and comer mm -hmm. or already established, she performed at the Apollo. That's one of the first things she did. And yes. like I said, it was really cool to see. And uh, like I said, know your history, folks, as Sid said, because some of that stuff came from the, from the Apollo. I'll, I'll say that. Yes, yes. So our old school TV Monday salute. We salute. It's showtime at the Apollo tonight. All right, um, Lakina closes out. I'm not know you can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Scrub McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago, also, Shimia platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you download our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, and also, too, don't forget, you can now catch Sports on Chicago on Roku TV. That's right. You can catch Sports on Chicago on Roku TV, so celebrate with the squad and get with the program you know what to do by now if you have a roku tv just tap on the sports folder and download sports on chicago that way if you don't have a roku tv you have a, a bunch of uh, handheld devices laying around so download the roku tv app and ask sports on chicago through that avenue so catch sports on chicago on roku tv 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year live and on demand you can catch our show uh you know the smoke fellas what's up cuz uh, of course, Sean and Maya. So yeah, you got you know plenty mm -hmm. of shows you know to choose for, you know to to pick from and such. So you also watch us too whenever you want on Roku TV. 
All right. Yes. Uh, all right. So uh, we have a big, big show coming up on Friday. Uh, we're going to be recapping Washington and Chicago. Hopefully it won't be as bad as last uh, Thursday's game <laughs> on Amazon. Uh, also, too, of course, got some great matchups, of course, with uh, week six in the NFL, week seven of college football. We're already halfway mm-hmm. through that season. We'll have our picks and such. So, and of course, you know, the, 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 uh, the divisional series will be uh, good in full swing as well. We may, we may have mm-hmm. some series uh, wrapping up. Uh, Wrap up by Friday. We'll see. So, uh, yeah. So, enjoy the games, everybody. For Sid, I'm Lakina. This is Miss XA Sports on Sports Old Chicago. And we'll see you Friday. Till then, holla. Whew. Goddamn.